0: Come and dream with me.
1: Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about movies, TV and online content and help you answer the question, is there any film or TV that would be improved by being played at 1.5 times speed? I mean, probably, like, some re- reality TV, or, like, really long movies, like 127 hours, which would become 84.6 hours. I mean, I've got a list of movies that if you, I mean, if you went and saw Cleopatra, five hours, 20 minutes, you watch it at one and a half speed. That's three hours, 33 minutes. That's, like, a two, almost two hours of your life you're saving by watching that at double speed, at one and a half speed. Go on with the wind. Three hours fifty-eight minutes down to two hours thirty-eight minutes.
0: Some would say it's gone with the wind with that sort of speed.
1: The upcoming Irishman: three hours thirty minutes down to two hours twenty. And best of all, if you wanted to watch all the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended edition, normally eleven hours twenty-three minutes, you could cut that down to seven hours thirty-five minutes, much more manageable. So I'm the host of this media podcast, (laughs) Ashley Ovly, joining me this episode. Dylan Vliet.
0: I don't know why he did that. Hello. <laughs> I'm
1: just I'm just saying, there could be merit in this idea. No. Uh, and joining us for the first time since episode 21, Kieran Martin.
2: Is this that Star Wars show? Why isn't Dylan pretending to be the, the, the Jedi Master?
1: No, that isn't. Nah, this, is the, What's up? this is a proper...
2: Oh, it's a proper movie show. Ah, I get <laughs> yeah. it. 21. It's been 21 and it's now what, like episode 46? Like that's, like I just, I yeah, waited twenty four episodes myself and I yeah. was, I held off. You do, it, what, how quickly could we w- listen to the 24 episodes if we listen to them at one and a half time speed?
0: Considering this show's fortnightly, that means it's like a year, right? Pretty close yeah, to a year. Yeah, it's been
2: about a year then. Yeah. yeah. It's the last time Fun. Nick was like, nah, yeah. I'm not doing this. He you know, takes this No, you, you time. came
1: in when Dylan couldn't show up.
2: Oh, that's right. It was that's Dylan right. last time. I yeah. didn't have to put up with that. Yes. Yeah,
1: right. Fun fact yep. that episode is the most viewed one of these episodes on YouTube.
2: Is it really? <laughs>
1: yep, for <laughs> reasons.
2: For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> time <laughs> time for a ringer here, boys. Let's yeah. uh, get another high uh, six viewers. Um, oh, we'll it was the we'll...
0: Shot Caller episode. <laughs> yeah, <I see. laughs> it
2: was. Yeah, yeah, it was the Shot Caller episode. I remember watching that masterpiece. Yeah, um, But for uh, I'd those, like to say, <laughs> those who don't know I'd like to say quickly that People nah, keep going nah, pe- yeah, People you, you keep you go.
1: going to watch that YouTube video Because they think it's the full movie of Shotcaller
2: Because <laughs> it's that long Yeah uh, So yeah, we'll
1: Yes, Kieran I would like here. to say I
2: stifled my laughter For all of Ashley's terrible 1.5 speeds Especially the That was so (laughs) good. Yeah, that was a pretty great joke. Uh, And
1: I want to say, I do not... (laughs) That was just for comedic value, I don't promote this idea of 1.5 speed. I mean, it could be a cool thing for like, I don't know, nature documentaries or something. I don't know. I'm sure there's some purpose. I mean, Dylan, you listen to everything at like five times speed, so... You get used that's to
0: podcasts. it. I, I would never watch a movie or TV show at a faster speed. It defeats the artistic integrity.
2: Yeah. What if the movie was designed to be watched at five times speed?
0: The, it, you'd be watching I mean, it ten times what speed. If you- then, I guess.
1: <laughs> what if you watch Baywatch? Then all the, all the slow-mo walking scenes would be in normal speed.
0: That, but that's a legit example of it's meant to be slow. And it's like if, if a character's dialogue... They, the actor makes the choice to purposely leave, like a po- pause in time, for emotional reasons, and then it's defeated because you're you're speeding it up. It's literally defeating the per- the the point. That's why. What, I was, what that's if you seen it? There's literally. Oh, I guess. Then sure, if that's what you want to do. It's like all but, these people who uh, rewatch think,
1: The Office like a gazillion times, get through a little bit quicker. Yeah, I guess. So you can start rewatching. Me it again.
0: listening, me listening to podcasts at faster speeds is not the same as movies because this is just people t- talking. I mean, Wait.
1: you should listen to this smart. at the regular speed.
0: No, fuck we're that. That's going a- to record. <laughs> the reason I have to listen to shit faster is because everyone speaks so much slower than I do. That's if true. If we all just spoke, that is hundred percent accurate. Yeah, if everyone just spoke like faster like I do, then I wouldn't have so many problems. I listen to podcasts and people that just they forever say something and it's better.
1: Well, you definitely need to listen to this episode of Fast Speed, because it's a big one. We'll be talking about everything in our watch history. We'll be covering some film news. And then we'll talk about the movie we ended up watching, which this week was The Page Master. Ooh, boy. Yeah! <laughs> yeah!
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright, let's jump straight into it. Uh, the big movie released of the last couple of weeks. Um, Terminator Dark Fate, the fourth time they've tried to create a sequel to Terminator 2. Uh, not including the much superior Sarah Connor Chronicles which is a mouthful and also the best thing post terminator 2 that they've done. Uh, Dylan you've watched Terminator Dark Fate how do you feel is is it the best third is it the best third film they've done so far?
0: It's the third best Terminator movie. And that is a compliment I think considering how <laughs> many sequels have have failed. Um Movie's got heaps of problems, you know. It's th- the thing is that no movie is ever going to live up to T2 because T2 is considered by most people to be one of the greatest action movies of all time. Uh, I would consider Terminator 1 to be one of the most unique and original slasher movies of all time because Terminator one's basically a horror movie and Terminator 2 is an action movie, like yep. they're completely different genre wise. And I think in their own genres, they are they were like. Top of class for the the, the period, um, and I still think they they're fun to watch. today. Um, Terminator Dark Fate just tries to be Terminator Two, but with more CGI and amped up things and whatever else. Uh, without spoiling the plot, because there's literally it's literally impossible to like kind of talk about it without spoiling like the opening of the movie. And the opening of the movie is like one of the best scenes, but also one of the most hated i've seen people online talking about but at the same time it, it really just like oh, the movie opens with a bang and you're like oh shit okay this is the way we're taking it well, that's what we're doing here but getting past that and then you get into the story and it's basically the same sort of thing you've got two terminators a terminator and someone you're not sure is a terminator because they're saying they're not but you're like are they or aren't they i don't know they're saying they're human which is mackenzie davis's character but i think it's left purposely uh made the audience try and be like, eh, are they? I'm not sure. Like, they say they're not, but I don't know. Um, and then, so for the major- majority of the movie is Mackenzie Davis saves, uh, what's her name? Natalia Raises' character, Dan- Danny Ramos. And she is uh, the golden egg of this movie that everyone has to save for whatever reason, or the bad guy Terminator is trying to kill for whatever reason. Can't say why, because of spoilers, spoilers. obviously, but usual type of fare. Um, Linda Hamilton shows up I'd say like 20 minutes into the movie-ish, 15, 20 yeah. minutes into like... It's not, it's not super early, but it's 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 semi-early because it's like two hours or whatever. And she makes an interest and then she's... Yeah. <laughs> those, they're your main characters. So this movie is... And this is the reason I, I also think a lot of it's been getting semi-bad user reviews is because it is a trio of female characters. That is the movie. And I think that attracts bad press from a certain... Uh, segment of the internet you know what i'm saying like yeah. <laughs> you put the three girls and then go to go on. so yeah it's, it's it's sarah connor um grace mackenzie davis's character and then danny ramos and it's like they're all teaming up to um to save her for whatever reason um arnold schwarzenegger does show up that's not a spoiler to say because he's on the fucking poster and he's in the trailers and when he does show up they do something unique and cool with him and i think arnold schwarzenegger is like really good in this movie um i like the, the way they actually use his character in this and yep. uh himself and Linda Hamilton actually have some really good scenes that actually have like emotional depth and like backing to their weight to what is actually happening. And I think that's one of the reasons this movie stands above the other Terminator ones is because they were all just like trying to replicate the action, but can never like hit any of like the emotional stuff that T2 and um, T1 actually have. And this movie never hits that exact high, but they're at least trying and know what they're trying to do with it. A little bit too much CGI towards the end of the movie for my liking big they take like t2's like literally the biggest action scenes are like driving a truck across the highway you know what i mean like the end is like a chopper chasing there like they weren't too epic this one's like and this is in the trailer this one's like one of the final action scenes is taking place in a plane and the sky that's exploding at the same time and whatever else and i was like, eh, like i'm not solid but there's emotional backing to the scene because cool stuff is happening but at the same time i didn't like the way the action was shot personally but um as far as the Terminator movie goes i was invested i enjoyed the main trio um i enjoyed having those three characters interact for the majority of the movie and i would say they just leave it alone after this one to be honest i feel like they should just be like after trying four times we've hit one that's actually okay stop just leave it like this, <laughs> just end it this one. Just let, let it, let it, let it be now. Um, If I had to give it a score, I think I'd probably give it like a 6.5 to a 7. If I was, I'm not sure. Like probably around there, 6.5-ish to a 7-ish. Yeah. I, I, I did enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I, I enjoyed most of it. I feel like uh, it was really good until towards the end when they shot like half the rest of the movie into like pitch black, which I feel found it, uh annoying, obviously. I don't know whether it was just the cinema didn't light up the real properly but it was really really dark and mm. uh a bit of a struggle to keep track of everything um i think i, I enjoyed the cast of characters obviously that reveal that they do um uh, part That's of the way start. oh the very start of the movie is freaking awesome ah. some of the best cg work like effects uh, work
0: some of the best cgi i've seen and also some of the worst in one scene <laughs> I, I can't say without spoiling but i'll say that I was like, wow, that is super impressive. And then right as my brain was thinking, wow, that's super impressive, I went, wow, that looks terrible for something else. Okay. It was literally I must have not the best noticed of both that points. because <laughs> I was obviously I
1: was focused on the freaking I don't know if you know what
0: I'm trying to say. I'm saying the first thing you see, I was like, oh my God, that looks fucking great. The second thing you see, I was like, that looks terrible. We'll discuss this later. If you can put together what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I enjoyed- uh, Yeah, the, no, but the reveal of the why they're after them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a bit drawn what, why out. Why
0: the girls why the girls got to be protected. Yeah. Like
1: what, that was drawn out and sort of like it? I kind of felt like they didn't they should have just hit it right at the start instead of making it like this moment later on. Um Yes. That f- does make sense, yeah. I
0: think. Like what happens.
1: Yeah, within yeah. the context, I, I really thought Linda Hamilton brought it. I thought she was like the standout. Well, Mackenzie Davis like is like a beast in this movie, so to be fair. Uh but Linda Hamilton, I feel like, has the best character in the film, which makes sense because she's played this like three times yeah. now. So,
0: well, this is, my, this is my thing going in. I was like, Linda Hamilton, I want to see kick ass, and Mac- Mackenzie Davis, I want to see kick ass. Because I, I, Linda Hamilton's amazing in T2, and I was a big fan of Mackenzie Davis before she got announced for this. So, straight away, like, I walk out of the movie pretty happy on what I wanted from it because those two kick ass.
1: Yeah. Uh, my issue is with the, uh, New Terminator, I just feel like every single Boring. film since T two, they've tried to up the ante, um, and I think it it it's like how the hell are they surviving? This is yeah, an unkillable
0: thing. It, it doesn't there make a spoiler sense to say what he can do. Like before, I, don't I don't know, know if, if they spoiled. show like I don't. I think they show some of them in the trailer. So, in case you don't know, this new Terminator is kind of like the T2 Terminator where, like, it liquefies, but, like, even more so. Like, it can really, like, kind of liquefy. And also, it has another Terminator that can split out of it. Like a skeleton Terminator. So, it's basically two Terminators that they're dealing with. Yes. And it can't die.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> it can't die. Uh, Yeah, so... I mean, at that point, it's like, why there's a certain level of disbelief you have to suspend. Especially they also do some future stuff and like those Terminators, they should just murder everybody. Um I again I think it's interesting what they did with the law. They kind of like scrapped a lot of things. And again, Arnold I really enjoyed how they in, integrated Arnold Schwarzenegger in this. Arnold Schwarzenegger agreed to this one, so um I feel like there definitely won't be another film because apparently it's sort of didn't meet expectations Hasn't, done,
0: hasn't grown great
1: So yeah. whether they like uh, They'll risk doing another one But Maybe you know This will be the end of it Terminator's
0: over I, I seriously don't think new generations have an attachment To the Terminator franchise either. No it, ha- it hasn't been carried forward Like Star Wars has For No example. it's been rebooted
1: so many times That nothing, none of it matters yeah, but I guess to they had success all with Halloween recently and uh, some other things that have like cut movies out of the canon. So I can see where that how they thought this was going to be a success, but uh,
0: but also with Halloween, you got to remember that for that to be successful, its budget it had to meet was a lot lower than the That's budget. That's true. This, you know what I mean? Like yeah,
1: yeah. The Terminator Dark Fate, not the greatest title either but uh go watch terminator sarah connor instead in my opinion which is great even though it ends on a cliffhanger um then there was another big debuting tv series this past week after getting watchman last fortnight uh we got his dark materials the new series based on the philip pullman books um set in a world that fantasy world with demons like animal people animal things that people souls go into or something uh they don't explore a hell of it in this first episode i really enjoyed it i i enjoyed the world that they set up i thought like the cgi is not incredible um but it's serviceable it does the job uh i really liked i really liked daphne keen i was thrown off straight away because she has an english accent and sounds nothing like what she was like in logan uh, <laughs> um but apparently she's Brit. she's like spanish british so um but yeah i i enjoyed it i would excited to see the rest of the world they like it, it's very much a setup episode of getting her away from this college which is like lived in as an orphan um james mcavoy plays like her uncle who comes in from the north uh you know like game of thrones and uh they've set up uh, <laughs> uh set up uh what's her name uh ruth wilson as like the person that's going to be Sort of running with Daphne Keane's character Lyra for the rest of well,
0: the for people for people that don't know this this if you've seen the Golden Compass this is the same book
2: this is the same book as the Golden Compass but and, and I was yeah. ask, I thought it was just because there is in the trailers I've seen for this there is a polar bear heavily yeah involved with this and I was yeah. like this looks like Golden Compass yeah so is is so, it like a re- reboot of Golden Compass then like it's is a it, new adaptation
0: it yeah it's a new uh, new new try at the same book.
2: Okay.
0: Cool. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I did not like the Golden Compass. I found it boring, and I thought it was a pretty bad movie. I tried reading the original book series at one stage, and I found them very hard to uh, when I was in like primary school or whatever it was. And I think they were way above my reading level at the time because they I just found it all way too confusing to keep up with. Um, and I think that's fair given everything, even watching the first episode of this, it's like, there's so much happening and like so many law things that you're stuff. suddenly trying to keep up with. It's like so hard to keep track of. Um, and I would say this is the first time I'm interested in this world. As, as I just said, I didn't, I didn't like the books the first time I tried. I didn't like the Gone Compass. Watching this though, I think they did a lot better job and I think this, this material is going to be a lot better suited for TV where they have more time to, uh, not rush you with information even though the first episode kind of feels like it's rushing of information obviously to set things up but at the same time I, you're gonna have it a lot more spread out and whatever else but it's like the show starts as like there's a baby being delivered by james mcavoy it's like fucking harry potter and then um, like waste wasted time well, yeah wasted water and like giving a code to someone and it skips ahead and then she's like the little girl running around and whatever else, and James McVoy is off talking about dust, like, a little bit of dust, do you have a little bit of dust? Oh, it's dust everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, the little girl, and it's like, oh, off on an adventure. Spoilers, not spoilers, come on. Um, off on the adventure, you go to the bigger the world, and we're next episode, we'll meet the polar bear because the polar bear is the, uh, soul creature for Lim Manuel Miranda's character, is how that works out. So, um, and he's gonna be the, one of the main characters, even though we don't meet him until the second episode, from what I understand. Or uh, but later, I enjoyed it. I thought... I think it's next week for what I, what I picked up on. Um, I really enjoyed this, even though it's a lot to take in. Uh, I think the CGI looks good for, like, the budget and what it's got. I don't, I don't think it looks bad. It definitely doesn't look like Marvel 100 million dollar budget though Um, but I think my favourite thing about this show is that it's a HBO slash BBC production and every single actor is like British and shit like that Mm -hmm. and and the way the show's shot it feels like a BBC show not a HBO show even though it's like it is a hbo show it definitely feels like it is being shot like a british it felt i felt like i was watching doctor who or something you know what i mean just the way it was being shot and the the way it looked and the where it was being shot and the actors you're seeing and all these sorts of things and i was really enjoying that because you you know like i I feel like i often have to seek out if all i'm watching is like shows that on showtime or you know fox or whatever it's like all the big shows are all american shows and i'm like oh this is like a big budget bbc show I'm enjoying that I'm down for a big budget BBC series but so, yeah I'm very keen to watch more um, I found a little bit of funny interesting trivia is that they must have been so happy with how this like performed for them behind the scenes to, to test audiences they're currently shooting seasons two and three back to back before the first episode even aired before they even knew if it was gonna be a success or not so they must have been pretty confident um, confident in how it was going to go if they're like and, and the reason they're shooting seasons two and three back to back is because apparently the next two se- the next couple seasons uh like they pick up one after another pretty fast and obviously um what's her name diane um Daphne Daphne Keane, Keane, yeah. Uh, yeah the the girl's going to grow up fast obviously so they, they they're shooting this the two seasons back to back so that she doesn't grow up too fast um and then i think there's like some time skip between three and four so they're like we can take a break but yeah i found it interesting that they're willing to commit that much money to Shooting two seasons of semi-high budget TV without even the, epi- the first episode airing. Um, I suppose HBO is looking for their next Game of Thrones-ish type thing. I guess, but I don't know. I
1: mean, especially, but it makes sense in this world now where you need certain uh, a lot of content, new content. Yeah, I mean they got to fill out, especially to fight
0: all the streaming fight all the streaming channels these days. So the yeah. HBO is like, just take the money, film the TV show. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's good names involved behind the scenes and that kind of thing, so it makes sense that they would bank on it doing well, and and, and it's good. Yeah. So we, you, you know, uh, so I watched a couple of anima- Amazon Prime series. Uh, I checked out the latest season of Jack Ryan, uh, in which Jack Ryan goes to Venezuela, and I'll tell you what, it does not paint Venezuela in a very good light. So <laughs> apparently, there's been some uh <laughs> some pushback from uh, Venezuela because uh, they pretty much. They're, 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 yeah not flattering um i really enjoy i think this is a bit of a step up from the first season i like john trezinski gets to do a bit more he's not so uh held in the first season he was sort of uh held back by like a normal life behind a desk and with the relationship stuff this season is just completely in, in, invested in this case in venezuela about um his uh, mentor friend's Ends up getting killed, and he's sort of traveling, trying to find out who was behind it and uh, other conspiracies as to why certain things happening in Venezuela. Um, the second season has Naomi Rapace um, from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the original versions. She's not utilized very well, um, considering the name she carries. I guess she's. and being the most prominent female character in the show, arguably. Um, is just like a side character, doesn't have a lot to do, shows up, bangs Jim Ryan, and then, uh, you know, does some other spy stuff, betrays him Oh, it's James times.
0: Bond, is what you're telling me.
1: I mean, no, it's not like... It's a bit more lovey-dovey than that. <laughs> but, oh, you
0: know... Okay, so it's not just, hey, my name's Bond. Banging, banging, we're banging now. No, he
1: does a bit more of a quad chip. Banging. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, and the other thing is... William Jackson Harper from The Good Place shows up at one point and like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's cheaty doing here in this show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that was something that threw me. But yeah, I, I think it's um, very good. Uh, though, I will say, don't watch this show while trying to do something else because there is a lot of, uh, they speak Spanish a lot. So you need to read a fair bit amount of subtitles.
0: How fucking rude. How absolutely rude of them. Like, <laughs> I you know. Know? Why
1: couldn't they like fake it and everybody speaks English? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I also watched uh, Modern Love, the uh, romantic comedy anthology series on Amazon Prime, uh, created by John Carney, uh, whose previous work includes Sing Street and Once. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's it, it's very good. Obviously, they got some big names involved. They got Anne Hathaway, Tina Fey, Dev Patel. Uh, John Gallagher Jr., Sophia Patel, um, they have Olivia Cook, Andrew Scott. Um, I think the first three episodes are directed by and written by Johnny Carney. Probably two of those are my favourites, at least two of the top three. No, and he directed the other favourite one, which is episode seven. So John, I think the best episodes are the ones done by John Carney. Um, there is an episode directed by Emmy Rossum that is just awkward and weird involving like a uh age gap between two people how big well she constantly refers to her as see the premise is she doesn't have a dad and she meets somebody and kind of wants him to hey daddy her dad and then you know there's mixed messaging that's kind of it just feels a bit awkward um it sounds awkward it does it, <laughs> it was a i want to watch uh the first episode's got Kristen. uh no uh Kristen Melody from uh the last season of how i met your mother who played the mother uh where which i i just really love her from that show so now i love her in pretty much everything um the episode with anne hathaway is pretty impressive i i think it's what might be the best episode it's that or the seventh episode which includes Andrew Scott and Olivia Cook. Um about two uh, a gay couple trying to adopt a adopted child that uh Olivia Cook is carrying.
0: Andrew Andrew Scott plays a gay man? Yes. Mike on TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Why? My more hashtag my Moriarty.
1: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your brain was like, like tick tick uh-oh. tick tick. No, because I am so <laughs> thinking of him as the hot priest in Fleabag. Um,
0: nah, but yeah, always, I, I just think of him more <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, really good series. The eighth episode is like a wrap up episode that sort of ties everything together. Everybody gets you get flashbacks of all the other episodes, so I mean, it's a bit.
0: Oh, they're actually connected. I thought they were youth, uh, anthology.
1: It is an anthology, but of the eighth episode makes it they just get snippets of all the other relationships. Mm. Which fits in with the theme of the episode. So, I mean, I'll give it a pass. But, yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to a potential season two. Just because, you know, I'm a sucker for the romantic comedies. You know, and John Carney's obviously great. He does good stuff. Uh, Dylan, we just had the launch of Apple Plus. No, Apple TV Plus. Uh, Here in Australia. And you've checked out all the uh, debuting series, at least the pilot's um you can check out all his reviews over at explosion network.com. but uh do you want to give us your overall thoughts on each of them let's start off with uh c
0: c the first episode is very weird but i'm probably going to give at least the second episode another go because it has potential jason momoa aka aquaman stars as like kind of this semi-leader but i think like politically he's not the leader but he's like just the alpha of this tribe set in a uh distant future where the show sets up at start it gives you a lot of text like this 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 is what happened this is all these things that happen and it's like something happens to the human race uh some disease or something spreads and it eats away at all our eyesight and kills off a bunch of us and then the the only remaining humans that are left are all blind and uh see set so far in the future where the remaining humans that are on earth can't even remember where eyesight was a thing so, like, if you, if you say to one of them, Hey, remember, like, a million years ago where we, humans could see? They're like, hashtag fake news. Like, it's, it's not a thing that they even understand as being a part of human history at this point. And they've kind of somewhat not gone back to like full cavemen, but obviously, cause they can't see. It, it's like, obviously a lot of technology just has died away. Cause it's like, it's kind of useless. Um, so they're living up in these, the, the wilderness somewhere or something. Um, and the first episode basically sees. He introduced her to the clan and it goes very fast. It's a very fast-moving episode. Like it's like, here are these characters. Here's this woman. She's giving birth. This woman is having babies. The babies are not Jason Momoa's, but her and Jason Momoa have recently got married after she showed up to this place like nine months ago, already pregnant at the time. And he took her in and he fell in love with her. You got to get on with this whole fast. Another clan is approaching this village at this time. Jason Momoa goes out and has a fight scene with them all, with his uh, people, which the fight scene is probably the best part of the episode. It's shot really well and it's pretty cool. And it's like semi-Daredevil, but not like full-on Daredevil. So like um, they, they definitely try and say like the human senses have evolved as our eyesight's gone kind of thing. So like uh, they never say that like they can see – you know how daredevil can semi see like with his vision like because he, he hears so well that he can sort of map out super sense shit it's not that but like they definitely show that like when when someone swings an axe and it like clips a, a leaf on the ground or something jason Momoa can kind of like he hears it and, and, and is able to dodge it and stuff and it's quite bloody fight scene like people getting beat up and whatever else but um anyway they have to retreat at some stage and then all this other sort of stuff happens along the way and <laughs> at the very end of the episode when you can tell it's going weird you finally get introduced to the bad guy which is like this queen off at some f- the who's in charge of these people who are after Jason Momoa's characters and she the first scene you see with her is literally her sitting on a chair masturbating while praying and that's how you introduce to her, her character and of course when the that fuck? comes on you're like, this is a very weird scene. She's literally like, dear lord, how do you? Ah, oh, like I'm like, this, that's a very weird thing that I'm watching right now. Um, I don't know why it was happening. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's quite odd to watch. Um, but yeah, it, and the, the the whole setup for the series is basically going to be that she's trying to track down J- Jason Momoa's like clan and stuff. Uh, particularly the babies that the uh, woman. Uh, ends up giving birth to because and this isn't a spoiler because they showed in the trailer uh, those twin babies have the ability to see they uh, as the end of the episode shows they're like the babies are staring off and their pupils are shown tracking a raven uh, but, and but how do they know they can see um well she, i don't i think it's a spoiler to say how she knows and it's to do with the father like, but that that's like spoilerish, I guess. I don't want to okay. go too far into like saying everything. But she she why she knows makes sense and it's to do with the father. Um but Jason Momoa doesn't currently know, but I guess in the second episode, uh, from what I gather, they actually skip ahead like ten years. Like so the first episode's like here. And then the second episode I think skips ahead like ten years later, so the kids are a lot older. And I guess at some stage, like the kids we will have to tell him, you know what I mean? Like, they'll, they'll pick up on the fact that the kids are seeing eventually, you know? I don't know. Um. But yeah, it was just, it was a very weird pilot episode. It's like, this is cool, this isn't cool, this is weird, like it's very fast paced and some shot stuff was shot weird or whatever else, but... Um, it's very high budget. That's one thing you can tell. with all. I'm going to say this now, for all of these Apple shows, all of these Apple shows have fucking money behind them. They look good and they have big actors and the big choreography fight scenes and this and whatever else. It's like Apple is just like, take all of the fucking money for literally all of these shows. What do you want to hear about next?
1: Tell me about the morning show. The, I guess the flagship
0: show? Arguably. Yeah, I'd say it's a flagship. It's the one that have had. It's kind of the, weird the for
1: a... A streaming service to do a show about network television.
0: <laughs> well, I guess. Uh, this is their flagship because of who's in it, is is the thing. So this stars Steve Carell and Jennifer Anderson, which is the, the big the big card, I think. Because it's it's Jennifer Anderson's return to uh quote unquote TV, I guess, considering it's a um streaming wow. thing. So it's not network, but it's, it's what's, a, <laughs> what's Reese Witherspoon, just chop liver? Well, no, I'm just saying those two <laughs> are the main characters. And then you've got Reese Witherspoon, who's also in it as like the, the next in line kind of thing. Um, uh, as well as like Mark Duplass and um, some of the people including um, uh, Billy Crudup. Uh, Billy Crudup. Crudup. Yeah. Uh, who's probably the best person in this episode. But then also other people in this episode, uh, Jovina like fr- uh, who voiced like Battlefront and all that sort of stuff. Uh, True Blood and shit. She's also in it. Like there's a lot of people in this. Um, but Jennifer Anderson's kind of the main thing, but the setup for this show is it's about the me too movement, which is a weird thing to tackle, obviously as your flagship show, like streaming service, come watch a show that's about the me too movement. Like that's very weird. But the, the setup is that Jennifer Anderson, Steve Carell's characters are your, the most popular morning show hosts in America. And the, this pilot episode basically tracks what happens the morning of him getting, uh, fired. Like he wakes up, gets a phone call. You're fired. This report's going out in the New York, New York Times outing you. Uh, a bunch of women have accused you of like sexually, uh, whatever it is. I can't remember the, the exact wording of it. So then the, sh- the show tracks like Jennifer Anderson getting to work her character. And then she spits it. She's upset. Like she has to do a live thing and like get on there and say, we apologize to all the women, blah, 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 blah. I didn't know. I thought he was a friend, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, you're kind of tracking this story of Reese Witherspoon's character who's like off in a different state and she uh attends this like rally at some um uh coal mine or something along the lines i can't remember exactly a a coal mine or something and she gets caught and posts on youtube when someone bumps over a cameraman and she like grabs them by the throat basically and spits it and tells them that they're a fucking asshole and like like they're destroying the planet and all this sort of shit so the the show is like tackling heaps of themes but the the pilot never really seems like it's gonna It just seems like it's going to tackle them, but not actually have anything to say about them. But I don't know if the whole season eventually uh, gets anywhere. Like, it's a very weird thing to set up this whole episode with the Me Too thing, but then it, it never feels like they're fully committed to saying, like, Steve Croyle's character is a bad person. But they never paint him in a particularly positive light in the episode. Like this whole every time you see Steve Crowell in the show, he's literally just yelling. Like picture um from um Anchorman, you know where like every loud noises are happening. Like picture that, but just like kind of more angry, and that's Steve Crowell in this movie. Like the one of his scenes, he literally like picks up and beats the shit out of his TV with a fucking fire pickaxe, and everyone around him is just kind of like watching like what was because he's like so pissed off um it was a decent pilot i wouldn't say it blew my heels off it feels like it's trying very hard to be aaron sorkin's the newsroom but not written as well or acted as well even um but it definitely feels like it wants to have that smart choppy uh very smart sounding dialogue and intellect coming through but it just doesn't okay Uh, uh, what's the third for all mankind for all mankind is alternate future Imagine a world where Russia beat America to the moon. And that's how the show starts. And I'm gonna be honest, if you're listening to this, I, I would say I'm sort of spoiling it, but I'm not because it's obviously, that is in the trailer, but I never watched the trailer for this show and I turned it on and the show literally starts with the moon landing. I'm like, oh, like, cause I could tell from the pitch it was about space. And I start the show, I'm like, okay, space show, sure, let's go. And the show starts, it's like the moon landing. I'm like, oh fuck, I've seen so many things about the moon landing lately. I'm just like, I'm not interested in this. And I wasn't really intrigued. And then so- suddenly, as the moon landing's happening, the dude <laughs> puts down the pole. And it's like a Russian. It's the Russian flag, and he starts speaking Russian. I'm like, "Oh, wait, hold on! <laughs> like, what is going on here?" Uh, yeah. So the show basically tackles like uh, what if scenario. Russia Russia gets to the moon first. What does America do? Um, America still tries to go to the moon, and uh, still tries, semi-successfully, does achieve that. But. Um, not not without some problems along the way and then they also kind of s- sort of tackle like uh i would say the redneck redneckness of it like very much like oh those fucking commie bastards you know that sort of thing like being, there's a lot of that in this show that sort of language and and stuff happening and then like the political aspect of it of like um them trying to cancel nasa pro the president trying to cancel nasa program because he didn't win the race and it's like well the science of it isn't important. It was all about just simply beating Russia. That was the important aspect of the the moon race. Uh, the first episode was okay. I, I I wouldn't say it was great either. It was simply okay. I think that's the uh, three out of four. of These shows are okay. If we go to the next one, is my favorite, which is um Dickinson, Dickinson which star uh, stars Haley uh, Steinfeld. Is it Steinfeld or Steinfeld? It's Feld, I think, actually. Yeah, Steinfeld um from bumblebee i suppose is her most popular movie at this point in time uh and she plays emily dickinson who in case you don't know was a poet in the 1800s that wasn't famous at the time but became famous post-mortem when her poems were released um after her death and this show is the most fun on apple tv thing and i very much wanted to binge it all but i kept I was like, I need to watch the pilots so I can talk about them <laughs> on, on this show because it's those other shows, Morning Show uh, and uh, C and For All People, uh, For All Whatever It's Called, um, they have the first three episodes up and then they're a week-by-week show so that they didn't copy the Netflix module completely. Whereas Dickinson, for whatever reason, literally has all 10 episodes up and these episodes are only half-hour TV shows whereas the old ones are 45 minutes. This one, Dickinson, is a, I would call it a dark comedy. Um, also a very... A, like uh weird comedy like uh, Emily's literally someone who likes to sit in their room all day in the 1800s period where it's set um and she likes writing up poetry and whatever else um and they explore like the the time period where she goes downstairs and their mom's like oh, i've got another suitor on the way to see you and emily's like literally like lays back on the couch like all improper like like Ugh, like mom i don't want to see anyone but then the show gets really weird where she's like starts daydreaming about seeing death in a carriage with a horse like off to the side and you see that like early in the show and you're like that's a bit weird but then like later in the episode when she has a fight with her father because spoilers for the first episode the most emotional scene in the episode is where she announces to her family at family dinner that she's having one of her poems actually published in a um, newspaper and then her father spits it because he literally says nearly verbatim that women shouldn't be seeking uh aspirations of that kind you know like that's that's improper women should just stick to cleaning and you know these sorts of things get married and shut the fuck up um and then when she kind of spits that she kind of runs outside and then you have this whole scene that plays out in her mind i guess where she gets into the horse and carriage that's death and death is played by Wiz Khalifa, and he's like sitting in there <laughs> sitting in this horse and carriage like smoking a blunt and then there's a whole scene where they those two have um <laughs> Those two converse for some time, but it's, it's it's a really weird show because it's like very funny. I laughed out loud several times. It's very weird, like um weird humor. Like it's it's set during the eighteen hundreds. Like everyone looks like they're from the eighteen hundreds, like costume wise and these sorts of things. But all of the characters speak like it's set in like two thousand and nineteen. If you know what I mean. Like they're yep. not trying to copper. They're not trying to actually speak like it's the period. Um, and then also the music they use in the show is completely. Like in the first episode alone, they have um, Billy Eilish play and um, someone else I mentioned in my review to um, fucking some rap song plays as well. So it's it's very like like if you can't handle watching something that's like complete opposite ends, where it's like it looks like a period piece. They're in costumes from a period piece, but they're not talking like they're from a period, period piece, and the jokes definitely aren't from their period piece. It, it, the jokes are like a modern day um, th- this sort of show. It, it, it's very quite odd. It's a very unique. Uh, show and I'm very, I'm very keen to watch more. Also, and, and Haley um, Steinfield basically is made for this role, like it's pitch perfect for her uh, and what she should be playing. Pun. Got him, got him. She was in pitch perfect pitch too. free. Uh, Everyone, you get it? Yeah. yeah, bingo.
1: Yeah. So, based on these few shows, uh, how are you feeling about Apple TV Plus? Is it, if you didn't have a free year of subscription, was would you be paying for it?
0: Uh, probably not straight away because it's like there's already. There's like so much other shit happening, um, but like if I watch one episode of the morning show, I'm definitely keen to watch more. See, um, I could hit or give, but it's like one of those ones that's like if I'm paying, I'll probably check out at least one more. Um, I loved Dickinson, but it's like would I pay to watch Dickinson solely? I don't know. Like would I wait until you know what I mean? It's like so, sort of weird thing, but at the same time, they have more stuff coming next month. Uh, including like the M. Night Shyamalan series, which is super intriguing to me. Um, And they're adding all these other things and the the shows are definitely high caliber. It's cheaper. Um, If you're an Apple user, you basically will get a year for free anyway because any new device you've bought in the last 12 months gives you a year for free. The only only negative I have to say is I have no idea what the fuck they were doing to promote it. And I don't know why they don't just let everyone have access to this easier. You know, it'd be like if Amazon Prime, like Prime Video could only be streamed on Prime Fire Sticks or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- they should just make access to these TV shows easier. They should just already have the app on all your TVs, app on your PlayStation. They should have had all of this ready to go and launch, and they should have been promoting it. The only reason I knew that uh, uh, Apple went live is I saw someone tweet about it. And then half an hour after I saw someone tweet about it, I saw Simon from Apple Slice message me and was like, hey, so you know. I'm like, I just saw, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I saw like little to no promotion from Apple about the launch of their streaming service, which I found quite weird, you know? Yeah, that is weird.
1: All right, let's move on. Uh, Kieran, you haven't talked much. Let's, let's, let's talk about some of the things you've watched.
2: Um, okay, so normal TV. Show. No, no, I don't do those. Um no I wish I just don't have the time oh I could that's a lie um I watch a lot of anime is the truth and I I, in the last six months I've watched a lot more anime in ways that I've never watched before in in, like I've never done before like I've currently I watch anime that releases weekly which was not a thing I used to I used to do binge anime series Mm. where it was just. The whole thing was out, or a hundred and something episodes were out, so I could just sit there and watch it, and I would never catch up to what was current, because it was just so far ahead. But, in recent times, I've been watching a lot more animes that are currently being released, or weekly, you know, being put out. Um, The two I wanted to talk about, the one... Um, that I know you've you've watched and has had more talk about it. I'll get to it in a second, um, but I've just finished off watching the first season of Demon Slayer, um, which is fairly. I wouldn't say it's fairly recent, but it's it's within um, it's new in terms of anime, I guess. And at the minute, there's only 25 episodes out in the first se- season. Um, and for me, I think it's one of the most interesting newer anime concepts that are currently out. Um, not for overall because you know it, it has a very traditional anime story about uh, the main character Tanjiro's family gets this is all not really spoilers but gets murdered by demons um, and his sister starts turning into the demon into a demon and it's about his story moving through and him learning to become a demon slayer and protecting his sister and trying to find a way to get his sister to turn back to normal. Um, I think. Other than the the basic concepts of it, you know, it's have it has the traditional, um, like seven to seven or eight, um, like master swordsmen that are leaders in the in the slayers, which is very common for what anime does. Um, I think some of the characters are really interesting. They ha- they pick some new kind of stereotypes or character types to to really bring through the demon designs and the overall. Understanding of demons I think is really interesting and unique. Um, It's not for the faint-hearted. I know they're just only just doing the dub version of Demon Slayer. If you're somebody that watches either or, I would highly recommend watching the sub still because I've watched the first two episodes of the dub and I really dislike the voice acting for it. I don't know if that's just me having a real appreciation for... (laughs) the japanese voice actors but i think they do a lot better job of conveying emotion um and talking throughout the entire piece and and just their interactions are a lot better just from watching the first two episodes of uh the dub it's really like the voice actors just don't seem to mesh very well in their characters um and i think the art style of this overall like the basic art style itself is pretty normal it looks good it has an interesting like way of um, showing its perspective, but I think the art for how they convey different abilities and different things that characters do is very good. It's very clean, it's very interesting, it's very different. Um, the main character's effects are a lot water-based, and the water looks like... Um, if you think of uh, the water from the video game like Akami, that art style of like Japanese water paintings... It looks like that in the anime that looks fucking awesome and it it makes me hype every time. So I really recommend people should definitely go watch Demon Slayer. It's leading up to the end of the series, leads up to the first movie that's coming out. Um, and then the second season will follow up quickly after it. So um, I think it's a great time to jump onto the show and watch it. I think I've seen it getting a lot more notice and hype recently by people who are a bit slower into getting to anime. Um, so I think it's a really good one to watch. The other one I want to talk to, you, because I know you've talked to, you've watched yep. it, Ash, or at least watched some of it, is Dr. Stone. Yes. I adore Dr. Stone. Like, I, I didn't know if I would when I start watching it, because the premise is very um, different when it comes to like animes that I normally watch. Um, yep. Pretty much the basis of it is that everybody in the world gets turned to stone, and 3,000 years later, this character, the, a couple characters break out of their stone form and start rebuilding the human race. And... I love the I love the characters in it. I think the main character, Senku, is he's just like he's the right mixture of being a good character, but also being a like dick. that <laughs> a dick at the same time that is so perfect. Um I love the fact that it uses real science throughout yes. the whole thing. Um I love that they sh- you know, th- they treat
1: science like a superpower.
2: Yeah, they treat they very much treat science like a superpower and just even, like, the little montages throughout it where, you know, they're showing, you know, oh, how did he do this? And it's going through all the flashbacks of, like, the little steps that he took to, to do something. It's always really fun. Um, I remember laughing at the episode where they learned how to build a bomb because, <laughs> like, there was the warning that flashes up that's like, no, 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 this is, a re- this is how you really build one? Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't even start. Don't, just stop. Um... I thought, you know what, I thought in the last 6-7 episodes I was like, oh, I don't know where this anime Is going anymore, I don't know what's to go And then it hit A point that I was very surprised With how it turned, and I went Oh, this is getting even better like, Are you up to date, Ash, with Doctor I Stern don't think currently? so,
1: I'm a bit behind uh, I am just watched a flashback episode
2: Ah, uh, okay, that's not too yeah, far then. That's not that's too, too far not behind, too, yeah like, there's a couple flashback episodes in a row yeah. um, that, are, that that I think change the change the anime itself very in very interesting ways, um, and it, it's really fun. It's really great. I really like the characters that they use. I like you know um, it's even it's, it's you know an anime is good if it influences you. Where you know I will now tell people that. I, you know, they're like, are you sure you can do that? And it's like, yeah, it's like a hundred million percent, like 10 million percent, I think he says in the anime. That's like, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and and I really enjoy it. What do you, what do you think about Dr. Stone? Yeah,
1: I think it, it, it's just got its hooks in me. I have to watch it every, I'd be like, I'm watching the dub um, just because I've gotten to the habit of like, I can yep. be checking different things doing things not fully focused, which is a bad habit, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really, I just find it so interesting the the world and the characters and everything, this village that they've, he's sort of uh, seducing kind of. Um, <laughs> and uh, Very like much so. them try to solve, solve all these problems that he knows the answers to, but having to do it in a world where he doesn't have any of the tools or anything that he once had. Like, it's not as easy it's even as it was.
2: It's even. It often doesn't take the obvious choice for solutions in this world. There's, there's some things where you're like, well, this is going to be the obviously how this plays out. And then it doesn't play out. It goes into a different direction. Or they do something completely different where. Um, they avoid doing the very obvious choices of the stereotypical things, where you're like, oh, this is going to happen to this character, and it doesn't, like, you know. Um, There's a tournament that happens in, and you're like, oh, so this is very clearly, this character's going to win, because it makes sense for that character to win. Um, I think it also has probably one of my favourite soundtracks for an anime I've seen in a very long time. Like, just the overall there is, like, the main piece of music that plays in it. Anytime, like, it kicks in during an awesome part or a, or a very um, hype moment in the anime, there's instantly a smile on my face and I'm instantly enthralled in what's going on in it. Yeah. people uh, should definitely watch Dr. Stone.
1: Watch Dr. Definitely. Stone. Where are you watching it?
2: Uh, I watch on Crunchyroll.
1: Okay, well, I've been watching where I... Anime Lab, so use anime lab yeah.
2: i just uh, yeah i just watch country and and so yeah it always gets me confused it always I, it's the one thing about streaming services for anime that i'm always super confused about yeah. is like the same shit is on different services and i'm like huh like my hero is on both and um there was a couple when my hero academia was supposed to start anime lab Delayed its start because of the um, Rugby su- No su- I think
1: hard. it actually got delayed no. over in Japan Because of the rugby No no rock.
2: no but the thing was right No 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 that was this week's episode The first episode Anime Lab delayed it because of the Hurricane that was going through Japan yeah. And then Crunchyroll didn't And I okay. was super confused <laughs> I was yeah. like okay Sure thing um, But yeah, yeah I think it's good so
1: uh just watch if you could update your uh site to include uh japan anime streaming services that would be helpful thank you
2: that'd be great thank uh, you.
1: <laughs> dylan last week last episode we talked about uh looking for alaska you finished watching the season did, did
0: you you're happy with it not to jump ahead too far but i'd say it's it's easily on my shortlist for my favorite shows of the year Ooh. um i think the big thing here is and i mentioned it when i talked about the first episode last last episode was that i thought the first episode much like the book isn't super impressive you get introduced to it it's very much like teen characters that seem rather stereotypical i guess um and then the main girl alaska comes across as your uh whatever the mental blanking on what the word people use for it is like a pixie character like you know like that the pixie dream girl Girl. character yeah Yeah, manic pixie dream girl that's how she comes across it's not until you get into episode two through that like things start to grow and here's another thing of this i mentioned that i might be a little bit biased because as i said i read i read the book uh years and years and years ago john green book um that was a big fan of so i already knew what i was in for but I, I think this is a testament to the story and also how well that they've done the show. I don't think I've cried as much in anything <laughs> in quite some time as I uh, did watching that show. And this is coming from someone that knew exactly where the story was going, what story beats they were going to hit and everything. But it's so funny because I remember, I remember a certain point in the book. I remember laying in my bed and, like, the worst thing about reading and, like, having a really emotional thing happening and, like, you're fucking boiling your eyes out is you can't fucking read because your eyes are like, ah! <laughs> 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 Which is what happened when I um, read the book for the first time. Like, I the book really, really hit me quite hard when it got to a, a certain point. And I remember, like, I remember putting the book down at a certain point because I couldn't actually handle uh, participating in reading it anymore because I was just finding it a lot to take in. I got to the exact same point in the TV show. One episode, um, I I can't really give people warning for what it is because it's like a spoiler. But when I got to the exact same thing in episode, even though I knew what was going to happen, I had to stop that episode and I had to finish it in two sittings because I was just crying so much. So take that as a plus or a negative. I, I really don't know what it is. I would say it's a testament to how well they've done bringing these characters to life. Because um, I would say that when I talked about the first episode, I was very like... It was okay. Like, I wasn't super impressed. But I I really, really adore this series. Um, much like... Uh, I would say they've improved the book. and uh, that, That's a very rare thing that you find whenever they adapt uh, books into TV series or movies, of course. Um, they've added scenes that make sense for characters. They've added scenes that improve characters that needed more time in the book. The book isn't very long. You know, it's like 300 words or whatever it is. Like, it's a YA novel. It's not the fucking Lord of the Rings. But um yeah everything they've added is fantastic all of the actors are fucking phenomenal especially when you get towards the end of the series and things are like getting way more uh, emotionally invested and so on um and it's just fantastic how they've just gone let's adapt this book let's not try and stretch it out and like do seasons after seasons just simply because we need money they're like here's the book the the story in the book has an a b and uh see or however you want to look at it like a middle uh, start middle and end and they do that in series even though they extend stuff and it's yeah absolutely fantastic and it's definitely one of my favorite tv shows of the year um and i probably my top three currently at least and i really really would suggest others like it uh others check it out as long as you, you hear everything i'm saying about it being quite if you get attached to, uh, to what's happening in the story and stuff, it's, it's quite emotional. And if that's not a big turnoff for you, then yeah, I'd suggest checking it out. Cool. It's on Stan. I should on, mention by, the like, if you want to know where it is. It's on Stanley.
1: Okay. Uh, quickly hit a couple other things. I watched the movie Burnt starring Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller, uh, and Daniel Brühl it, uh, about a chef who comes back to London, looking to restart his career after like sort of blowing it up after drug use and like temperamental behavior. um, this is kind of the opposite of Chef. Like, not quality-wise, but
0: whereas Chef, it was, like...
2: I guess Wholesome it, it, and heartwarming and, and good. Yeah.
0: It came out the same year as well, I think.
2: Yeah. This one's a bit more... not. While well, that one's, like... Is this the only Chef movie that Bradley Cooper's done? Because I remember seeing a trailer for one. I think About Bradley so. Cooper being the main Chef. Okay, so it is the one I've seen. Okay.
1: It's the one. Uh, it's like if... Uh, if... John Favreau's character and chef didn't get fired. You know, he keeps working uh, in the okay. keeps working in that high fancy restaurant the whole entire time. Uh he is co- sort of build, rebuilds his team so he can try and get this third Michelin star. Um I enjoyed it. I the the food doesn't look super great because it's like they have high fancy food that's like in really tiny portions. I'm like why would you go spend so much money on these kind of things? Uh <laughs> But I, I, I enjoyed it overall. I think uh, Sienna Miller's really good in it. Obviously, Bradley Cooper's really great. Daniel Brawl is, like, really good in this, I think. Uh, and Matthew Reese uh, is really good as, like, his sort of rival uh, who sort of grew, worked together in his kitchen. Uh, and then there is this moment when they uh, this reveal, uh, like, when they're trying to win that third or try and get that third Michelin star, something happens that was like, damn... Uh, I didn't see it coming so that was pretty cool uh, I also watched the League of Legends documentary League of Legends Origins that's currently being shown on Netflix excuse me what yeah. <laughs> just trying to get an understanding of it man uh, yeah it's it delves into like the process of them developing the game and then sort of the rise of it to become uh, the juggernaut it is now and then sort of delving into the build up to the esports world um it, it's solid, it doesn't go super into like the fundamentals of the game or anything like that, if that's what you're trying to get, find a leg up or anything. Uh, there are a couple of key moments, obviously the launch of the game and how it was released, uh, Riot sort of taking over the European arm of the company. I think they were initially distributing so, through somebody else, which was sort of holding them back. Uh, and then another key moment is one of the World League of Legends tournaments, where the game kept uh, disconnecting because of internet issues. They sort of delve into that thing and then how they sort of changed it to be in the future where, you know what, we should put it on private service.
0: Did they include the monumental moment where they launched Oceani uh, servers and my ping went from 200 to 4? No? No. Okay, that was just me then. That's just a moment. No, not
1: an important moment in the grand (laughs) scheme of things. Uh, But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Like little look into League of Legends and obviously being on Netflix... Lots of people are going to check it out. But, uh, I think it was like a big thing for like the 10th anniversary. Uh, but a lot of the footage is like from a couple of years ago, it feels like. So maybe they've been working on it for a while.
2: So you mean pre-scandals about Crunch and...
1: Yeah, they do. surprisingly, yeah. none of that is mentioned in this none documentary. None of those mentioned
2: or touched on? No?
1: No. Oh. Probably
0: what happens it- when a documentary is made by the people the documentary is about, you know? Uh,
1: yeah, kind of. Very- a little, well, a lot of the footage would have had to be been shot by themselves, so. Uh, And then the other thing I want to briefly touch on, uh, I've been watching The Beautiful World of Jeffree Star, (laughs) the new Shane Dawson documentary, which is pretty much just an ad for his uh, palette that he just released over the weekend uh, here. um. It is interesting in regards to, like it pretty much is a vlog slash documentary of the process of them putting this makeup collection together. Um, But it does feel a little bit, clickbaity no not clickbaity feels like super promotional like obviously they the last episode is. it doesn't
2: feel real or anything no it it feels like an ad that's what it feels like yeah
1: it feels like an ad uh at a certain degree there are moments in it that are like oh that's cool like they throw out numbers and they sort of show how the process of how things are done uh which i know jack shit about makeup so that's like an interesting thing to like get an insight into uh there are some like vloggy moments like they go into Jeffrey Starr's dogs passed away and that kind of thing. They touch on at the start, uh, the Shane Dawson scandal, uh, from earlier in the year where, uh, something he said on a podcast was brought back, uh, in which he, uh, involved a cat. Still have a cat? Yeah. Yeah. So they sort of, are uh, filming during that time. So him sort of, uh, dealing with that and sort of how it it just so happened, that, like that was the time he was planning to propose to his uh, fiance. Uh, so they show that as well. Uh, they, it is a little clickbaity In the initial trailer, they showed that, that they were going to include like the James Charles Taddy Taddy or whatever her name is scandal thing that happens in the middle of the year. But it seems like after episode one, they sort of pivoted in a more business-like direction and sort of cut down on the drama, which I think, Disappoint some people, but uh, apparently there's going to be two more episodes. Uh, I don't know when they're going to put them out. Uh, obviously, I think the next one they're going to they're planning to do it be about the launch and sort of the reaction to that. So it could be a couple weeks away, but I don't know. What I, platforms. It's, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Reds it's on just on plain YouTube. YouTube Red's dead. it's so, normal.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, on this Preview. show, Kieran, we will talk about anything that's watchable. We are the that's only. Fine podcast in the world that you will hear about apple tv plus anime and shane dawson's youtube channel <laughs> yeah
1: and you know what else you can hear That's about what we call netflix in the mandatory there netflix segment <laughs> uh so i watched the king the latest uh, film from uh, david Mashod.
0: yeah heard everyone ship at rob patterson
1: no i really enjoyed this i thought it, i think it's really good uh timothy chalamet plays king Henry, king henry the uh sean harris is in it as well joel edgerton they're the main three uh ben mendelsohn's in it for a little while robert pattinson's in for a little while uh it's not and lily rose depp is credited but she's like in like five ten minutes which is uh weird uh to be someone there's, prominently there's a movie featured.
0: i can't remember the name of it where john travolta's in it and he dies in the first 10 minutes and he's credited as number one. Well, really? Yes, I can't remember the name of it, but he literally dies ten minutes in. So, and he's cool. he's number one cast so, list. You
1: know, if you haven't watched the the movie, it might be that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it follows King Henry the Fifth, like right before he becomes king. Uh, funnily enough, his brother is played by the character, the actor who played uh, Tommen in Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> which I thought was amusing. Um, But yeah, he's like a drunk and like, he doesn't want to be king. And then events sort of shape him to becoming king. And then he sort of gets goaded into a war with France. And you sort of follow that war through to, uh, its ending. Uh, it got me more interested in sort of the history. I watched like a short Netflix, put like a short history of King Henry V, uh, in on YouTube. So I checked that out and that was pretty interesting. Um, and obviously there's this big battle scene, which I'm sure people have seen bits and pieces of because obviously it is, uh, based it it's of the battle that the battle of the bastards is based on with all the mud and everything so uh it it is kind of similar to that but you know what are you gonna do <laughs> uh but yeah i enjoyed it i thought timothy timothy chalamet was really good showing a bit more than i've seen of him so far i think he's probably one of the best he's obviously one of the best young actors uh going around at the moment so um yeah Robert Pattinson looks like he's having a ball in the role he plays, like, the French <laughs> prince. He's, he's got a freaking weird accent, and he seems like he's loving every minute of it. Um, That's
0: why I want to watch it. <laughs> I saw a clip, I was like, this is great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Joel Edgerton's really good, uh, and then Sean Harris is the other key pillar of the film, so he's really great as well. I think so. this
0: is... Um, do you remember uh, th- David uh, Michaud? Uh, he had, like, a three-picture deal with Netflix, I think. So this is the second one. Because the first one was... Um, the Brad Pitt one, the war one. Remember? The uh, War
2: Machine.
0: Uh, Inglorious war- Bastards. War- no. <laughs> war-, <laughs> war Machine. Yeah, that was the first one, which I didn't really like, but I, I suppose I'll watch this one. I always find it weird because every time, like, whenever this gets advertised, I always just think of uh, Dave Michaud still as, like, Australian, Animal King. The Rover. <laughs> and You know, yeah, I, I-, I think of, like, an Australian indie director. He's he's on this massive fucking Netflix deal, it's not the same. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, but it's crazy. Obviously he co wrote it with Joe Edgerton. Uh it's based on the uh William Shakespeare plays, but it's obvi- it's not delivered in Shakespearean uh dialect or whatever. Or well, s- they don't speak that way. Uh it also Nash Edgerton did the second uh second whatever it's called. I can't remember. Second if. second unit Second director. unit directing, so.
0: So he shot most of the action scenes then, is what yeah, you're saying. It,
1: well, some of the action scenes, here. Yeah.
0: That's usually how it works out. Yeah.
1: So uh, I also checked out the documentary uh, Tell Me Who I Am. Uh, I don't. Have you guys heard about this one?
0: A-S-H-E-L-E-Y-H-O-B-E-L-E-Y? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: no. Uh, so pretty oh. much uh, <laughs> it's about these two brothers. Uh, when one of them is 18, he's involved in a terrible uh, motorbike accident and ends up with uh, amnesia. Oh, the brothers are also twins. That's it. that's also kind of important. Um, that was relevant,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it seems like a point. Yep. Brothers,
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, and he gets amnesia and remembers nobody except for his twin brother. Um, and so it wow. in the preceding years, his brother helps him like rebuild his life and tells him about their past and that kind of thing. But he's been keeping a uh, pretty big, he was keeping a rather large secret. Um, about their family history from him—is um, there a twist,
0: or can you say oh, I can't? We can't know. Is it a twist? So much twist for a documentary. I guess documentary. if
1: you w- if you it just depends if you want to go in and not know anything. Um, Would
0: you say it's better to not know the twist?
1: Uh, depending on your back history, is it one of those things where you could potentially the documentary- be the subject matter is very dark, um, and obviously it is not. There's a reason that he decided not to tell him certain things about their family. Um, so, it could be triggering to some people if uh, you have suffered some sort of abuse and that kind of thing. So, I'll say that much. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, it's him. The, it's told in, like, three acts. One, The first is the amnesia-suffering brother telling retelling the story of his several years after having the accident uh, and then it's told from the other brother's side sort of in it, the film is pretty much just two two interviews pretty much with a bit of like reenactments in between like nothing too fancy or anything um but it is re- it's an engaging story and then them sort of coming together at the end is sort of it is bit pretty confronting and um uh it is satisfying i guess in a weird way whether it raises the question of whether it's better to know or not know. Um, and the, whether it's good to lie to people for their own good. Uh, but yeah, I, I it's one to watch if you're not too. Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting story and, uh, obviously you can look up if you want to find out a bit more about what the subject matter is. Uh, but I don't want to say too much. Uh, I also checked out breakfast lunch and dinner the new David Chang series Uh, there's only four episodes which is a shame pretty much it's him with a different celebrity exploring a different city and they pretty much have breakfast lunch and dinner Uh, uh, in this series he checks out he goes to Toronto with David uh, Seth Rogen he goes to LA with Lena Waithe he goes to Morocco with Chrissy Teigen and then he goes to Vietnam with uh, Kate McKinnon um the food looks great he's he's just like a really nice guy with a good able to get stories out of people um
0: yeah I, I these episodes pique my interest yeah i don't know who one of these people are <laughs> so i'm like i'd like to watch three of these <laughs> seth rogan sounds great chrissy tegan strange great kate mckinnon sounds great i don't know who that other person is lena wait she's uh,
1: she's done a bunch of stuff
0: um unless i'm just not recognizing the name oh i'm from uh uh uh, isn't uh, ready play one
1: kind of i think yes she might have been from memory sure (laughs) let's say yes uh uh but yeah i really like david chang i think he's a great presenter so um yeah check that one out if you're into food and like it's fine. I really like, obviously, the Kate, the Mc- uh, Seth Rogen one's good because Seth Rogen and Kate McKinnon. Uh, no, <laughs> 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 and uh, Chris <laughs> T- T- he and Chris and T- have a great uh, relationship. And like, they're, obviously, they're old friends, and they, 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 they joke about, about, about the kingdom? show being called American Chops. <laughs> yeah. What did you say?
0: <laughs> Does she talk about St- Starry Valley or um, no? Animal? No switch talk oh, okay. or
1: anything. No, that's no, a bit okay. disappointing. Uh, and then I checked out two stand-up specials. First, Jenny Slate's Stage Right, which is solid, uh, nothing too impressive. Uh, it just depends if you like her humor or not. Uh, it is cut with like they tried to do like a documentary thing where she's sort of talking to her family about different things. I feel like they didn't commit to either thing enough to make it good. <laughs> like you get, you maybe get like fifth. Like it feels like half and half, but it doesn't feel like she's explored anything with the f- it, it just feels like a gimmick kind of to include the documentary aspect rather than actually exploring something um but she she's she's funny she's a funny woman she makes some good jokes uh and then seth Meyers lobby baby uh which was weird because he's just he's standing up uh And if you know anything about Seth Meyers, pretty much his last two jobs, he's just been sitting at a desk at Saturday Night Live or at uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yeah, he's got, he's clearly a funny, funny dude. Uh, He's got a joke that obviously has been getting a fair bit of press in which you can skip the politics joke about Donald Trump. (laughs) Like, and an actual button comes up on the screen that lets you skip ahead. No,
2: really? Yeah. But it, it's, it's a
1: joke. It's like, it's a setup for, like, I don't yeah. want to give away the, the joke he uses, but yeah. It, it, it's good. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, the other thing, Lobby Baby, he tells the story of how his baby was uh, delivered in a lobby. So, yes, that's everything that we're watching. Oh, it's just been a long, long one. But we've got some, so much more to get through. Um, let's jump into some news. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, buckle up, 1.5 speed at least. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Benioff and Weiss are not g- par- g- being part of Star Wars anymore. Uh, it was announced, I think, two weeks ago now that uh, they pulled out. They obviously signed earlier this year a 250 million dollar production deal with Netflix. Uh, to do movie and TV shows for them, which sort of, they say, has clashed with their duties on Star Wars and is the reason they've walked away from the deal. Uh, there is a bit of conflicting views as to whether the, uh, they walked away or Kathleen Kennedy forced them out. Um, I have I did enjoy this uh, one quote from the Variety article in which they said, they were not keen... they. It sort of turned on Star Wars because of the toxic fandom, uh, which I thought was very funny, considering that they pretty much made Game of Thrones a toxic fandom. Um, But uh, Dylan, how do you feel about Benioff and Weiss not doing Star Wars anymore?
0: It's very good news. I'm very (laughs) happy with that. Um, I I didn't I, I honestly did not care uh, too much about this, and then uh, at first, and then I, I think my big turning point where I was like, oh thank God, was when that whole story came out about them in the first season of Game of Thrones, and I was like, yeah nah, don't want any of this shit near, near Star Wars, thank you. And if you don't know what that was, there was basically a story went out, an interview with them where they were like. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We we're just like, whatever, we got given money, like, this will work, whatever, fucking just throwing shit at walls, seeing if it works. Like, they, they, they're basically explaining how the first season of Game of Thrones was them on, like, we'll learn how to do shit. We'll learn how to make Game of Thrones as we make Game of Thrones. And then they got really lucky and people liked it. And then they somehow fucking fluke their shit. I'm like, yeah, I don't really want that for. I don't. I, I want someone with a, a vision <laughs> doing Star Wars, not just. Uh, we'll make it up as we go along. Um, I, I think to me, it just sounds like they went in and apparently were like, "Hey, we want to do the origin story of the Jedi or like the Old Republic or some shit like that." And then they had a very uh, one-track side, like mind of how they wanted to tell that story. And it sounds like they got told, "Well, no, like you got to like." This, this is this way. This is this, like this is like law reasons. This exists already. You know what I mean, like. And they were like, yeah, but no, like they they wanted to do their own thing, and it sounds like they weren't willing to play within the, the the playhouse that they've got. And unfortunately, when you go to something like Star Wars, or even Marvel, like th- th- certain characters exist. There are interconnecting features, and you know you don't know what else is at play. And if you're not willing to play ball a little bit. I don't think it's going to work. Don't the, the only thing that worries me about this is I'm like, why weren't they? Why were they hired in the first place? Like, surely you'd like vet these things first. Like, why did they get this far before basically being fired? Like, this is the only part. Well, people keep being like, why does Kathleen Kennedy C- H- keep like hiring people and firing them? And I'm like, the only part of that that I agree with is like, yes, in essence, why do they keep hiring people and then finding trouble with them later? Even Chris Lord and Miller, right? Why did they get so far and then start clashing heads on solo before they like were like, well, we want to do the vision of our movie. And then they got kicked off because they weren't willing to play ball either. You know? Vet, vet people that are either going to work or not work. Like. Kathleen Kennedy says that making episode eight was one of the greatest filmmaking experiences of her life because you reckoned that Ryan Johnson was so. Easy to work with and understanding, and uh, Ryan Johnson always says that he got to make the movie he always wanted to make, and he got a lot of freedom. And yet, they managed to he managed to make the movie he wanted, but still play and please everyone there. So it's apparently not impossible to do. Kieran?
2: I think they they got named as directors for it prior to the final season or two of Game of
0: Thrones. We didn't. We didn't know if they were directing. They were. We didn't know if they were directing, but we knew that they were
2: going to be involved prior yeah. to that, and I feel like, for them especially, the last season of Game of Thrones and the backlash they would have received from it probably would have changed their mindset for this going into this p- after it, because, especially if, you know, hearing the rumours that they rushed the last season of Game of Thrones so they could get to Star Wars, um, is... You know that's bad enough as it is, and the fact that you know they're not doing Star Wars anymore, which means Game of Thrones could have been better. Um, But also, maybe Star Wars have looked at you know Star Wars and Disney have looked at that ending of Game of Thrones, looked how they dealt with it, looked at the audience backlash of it a little bit, and when yeah, we're going to sit down and talk to them and see what see what's the go, and maybe we're a bit more apprehensive going into the meetings with them again.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's a combination. I think everybody was happy for it to end. Uh, it sounds like they get to go over to Netflix and do whatever they want uh, and get that $250 million. <laughs> um, and then Kathleen Kennedy can do whatever she thinks is best for the Star Wars franchise. I think it's interesting that they were willing to do a story about the origins of the Jedi and that might be something they will be exploring in the future. Is, is that... Something you want explained or you don't want touched on, Dylan, as the massive Star Wars fan and host of Alderaan Explosion, the countdown to the last the Rise of Skywalker.
0: <laughs> I um, I don't, I don't really care either way. I mean, what's the, the origin of the Jedi is not something. It's like what that's what I'm saying. Like it's like Adam and Eve shit, isn't it? What's the, what's the first person who used the Force? I guess like is that interesting? Maybe I'm not. I'm like fu- not fussed about seeing that as a story, personally. I don't
2: know. I mean, it
0: could be for cool. me. It
2: was when you when they mentioned Old Republic, like Old Republic is like something that really excites me, and I I want that to be handled correctly by the right people, and given the time that it needs to breathe. Yeah, like I, I given the time to develop itself and to be a well established and well rounded set of movies, rather than. You know, not given that time to do it. Or not given the right purse people to helm that project.
1: Okay, so we've got these Star Wars dates locked in for a few years' time for this next trilogy of films. Do we think they're actually going to happen?
2: I don't believe they're going to hold on to those dates. How many years is it until the first date? 2021. Uh, yeah. 2021? That's, that's what, two and a bit years, technically? Yeah is This year's already over But you would guess they would aim for the end of 2021 Yeah it's all so.
1: December's So
2: Yeah so Three years I don't know if they're going to get to it in three years I could see 2022 No see but so then, then they'll
1: clash with Avatar
2: <laughs> well,
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dylan do you think we're going to get Star Wars in
0: 2021 Uh yes I I I really think that they'll just take a year breather. Disney Plus will do its thing, but they're not going to take ten years or something ridiculous in between movies again. You know, like, who do you, that long.
1: do you do <laughs> you think it will be? The is the Ryan Johnson project going to be fast tracked, and that's what they're going to try and get in in twenty twenty one, or they're going to find somebody else.
0: I, well, considering that apparently the Benioff and Wise shit was supposed to be before that, then I I guess like well we don't know <laughs>
1: we we just we just that's what the rumors were
0: the rumors yep. were they they were supposed to be first and Ryan Johnson was going to be l- way later but it's like unless they suddenly start working out what happens next then I guess Ryan Johnson gets pushed up but everyone keeps asking him in interviews like most recently he was being asked for like impressed for knives out and he's still like yeah I'm still involved but like I'm just you know I might do another movie first depends how I feel. And then like people ask him like how he feels about Star Wars fandom and he's like, "Uh, eh, just block people." <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like so. He, he seems he seems unwavered by the, the 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 people out to hate on him and stuff, so. Uh,
1: so moving on to Game of Thrones, news. uh the Game of Thrones prequel uh that was being re- produced by Jane Goldman and starring Naomi Watts has been canceled. Um I think this was kind of a surprise to all of us, because we knew for a fact they cut a pilot together, or shot a pilot, cut it, uh, but apparently there was a lot of behind-the-scenes issues. Um, Just couldn't seem to put it together, and I guess HBO decided to pull the plug, which is very surprising that they're something reasonably far along. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it while Game of Thrones Season 8 was coming out, yeah. We were even speculating but, we were going to get hints in Game of Thrones towards yeah. <laughs> the prequel. Which, do, do,
0: you, do, you have, do you have that other piece of news, though, to, to tie But in... then,
1: you know, same day, just to halt the blow, uh, they announced Game of Thrones' House of the Dragon uh, is coming uh, in its place, which will follow the Targaryen centuries before the events of the original series, uh, pretty much uh, talking about the early days of them conquering Westeros. Um and that's been sent straight to series. They're not going to do a pilot. They're just going to shoot the 10 episodes.
0: Um. Yeah, that, that's a, I think that's an important thing about this news story is to point out that they literally, they they uh, they shot a pilot. They didn't order a series. They shot a pilot. Um, they had like lots of people on board that it sounded really good. And then they've cancelled that. And then they've not ordered a pilot, but ordered a series straight away for this other show that we don't know anything about. And I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> how bad is that of a show that they're like, like fuck we need Game of Thrones back fast, just quick.' That one's shit. Green light, this one, this one, this one will do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so weird. I would, like, my opinion on this is, I would have preferred the one that was cancelled over the one that they they added. In my opinion, like, Targaryen stuff, and eh, whatever." Early, like, way before Game of Thrones is set, like, uh, the first people, like, era type, you know, like, what's going on there. That, was, that sounded way more interesting to me. More Targaryen shit, running around, fire and breath, man, whatever.
2: Dergons, man. <sighs> we need more Dergons to sell merchandise and to sell a series with Dergons. Basically.
0: Yeah. You're trying to I, say, I, dragons?
2: Dergons, no.
1: man. I mean, the saving grace is this uh, Miguel Sapocik... Uh, the director who did some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones uh, is a showrunner on the show. Um, so, at least it'll look pretty. Uh, but yeah, I think they would have preferred to have both and have like maybe maybe them trading off year to year like Game of Thrones slash Westworld were doing for a little bit there. Um, but yeah, it feels like it was just a thing announced to soften the blow. Yeah. Um, It could have been well in the works. It could have been like they were going to announce it as part of the HBO Max thing. um, But they it coincided with them announcing uh, they decided to pull the plug on the other one. So uh, the other thing that was been pointed out is the cancelled series was going to be a lot more diverse with a lot of different people of different ethnicities. But this one is going to be focused on the Targaryens, who, if you don't know, super white.
0: Just putting oh, it out there. Now. <laughs> and it was being headed uh, up by a woman. That too. Jane Goldman.
1: Who's who's done a lot of good stuff. Kick-ass other thing. Kingsman, I think, as well, yeah. she was involved in. So, yeah. very sad. Uh, Game of Thrones is dead. Long live Game of Thrones. Uh, so, HBO had a massive... Well, Warners had a massive uh, live stream sort of thing where they announced everything about HBO Max. Uh, it's going to be coming to America in May 2020, uh, and apparently the plan is for 10 million current HBO subscribers to have a frictionless opportunity to sign up and get HBO Max immediately on day one. Um, most important thing for us, I think, in here is the plan is for it to be released worldwide within the next three years, uh, which is good, because they've got a lot of content, and uh, I'm sure we're going to want to watch it i'm going to talk about some of the different things they announced in a second uh they did announce the price at $14.99 a month us uh which makes it the highest uh streaming service out there compared to netflix's $12.99 amazon's primes $12.99 and disney plus is $6.99 um do you, how do you feel about that date how do you feel about that time frame does it get you excited about HBO Max? Could it become to Australia and pretty much just take all Foxtel's content?
0: This shit has never come to Australia because I'm pretty sure the last time HBO signed the Game of Thrones like HBO partnership, it was like fucking and several year thing, and that was only a couple of years ago. Um, so I don't I don't know when this ends up in Australia. I don't know how it ends up working, but some of the shows they announced that would still be a couple of years away. Uh, presumably, I'm intrigued in. Uh, like obviously the Green Lantern thing if you want to yep, but like that intrigues me but uh, like otherwise HBO has had their streaming service not HBO Max but HBO has had a streaming service in America for what like a year and a half now whatever it is we still don't have that we have Foxtel when HBO Max comes out where was it March, May whatever it is. Um, it is won't launch here I don't think it'll be out here until at the earliest like 2021 2022 I'd be highly surprised if this comes here next year at all. Yeah, fifteen dollars would be like what? Twenty fucking Australian dollars? Yeah, at least get fucked.
1: Even higher, no. probably.
0: No, no.
1: Kieran, does does this intrigue you at all?
2: I don't. I don't see it coming here. I mean, like, I just don't. I mean, it'll get here I, eventually. Uh, Eventually, but like, has H- HBO's current stuff has never got here? HBO like stuff's current, all on Foxtel. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, their current the HBO service that they have in America and elsewhere just has never got here. Which just, yeah, I wish that service was a thing here.
1: But this has the full weight of Warner Brothers behind it, so
2: uh, um, yeah. I just think Foxtel's too almost too valuable in the Australian market in its current form.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Here, the truth of the matter is, is if HBO Max comes to Australia, Foxtel dies, basically. Apart from
1: sports. Or needs to comp- very much restructure.
0: Yeah. It would need to really, really yeah. restructure and it would lose a lot of money and it would have to go down to like a $10 a month like, subscription thing for basically sports only. Because other than sports, the main reason people subscribe to that, the reason I subscribe to it is basically to access... HBO shows. That is it. That is why I basically yeah. pay the money. All right. the, only, the only reason I turn on my Foxtel at the moment is to watch Watchmen, which just want quickly say by again. We talked about the first episode, obviously. Second episode, third episode. <laughs> fuck that show is good. That's that is currently <laughs> top winner. That show is so fucking good. I want to get it. Every episode, one want to watch. If I don't say Watchmen's fucking great, that show is fucking great. Um, that's why I watch. That's that's why I'm watching Foxtel. alright
1: quick yeah Watchmen it's good Uh, touch on two series they announced they announced that they're going to be working on a Green Lantern TV series uh, being headed up by Greg Berlanti who fun fact wrote the script for Green Lantern the movie from 2011 starring Ryan Reynolds to be fair it was very much rewritten several times after like right before he was set to direct and then got replaced for whatever reason right before shooting and uh i can't remember who martin campbell i'm pretty sure came in and sh- shot the film I'll tell so. you in a
0: second martin campbell's correct
1: martin campbell is correct there's yeah.
0: also a total of one two three four four people attached to the screenplay name and three people attached to screen story so yeah
1: i believe the rewriter came in and like completely did a bunch of stuff
2: so, does this have any connection to the Arrowverse or anything like that? or is this No completely... word yet. Or is this one of those shows where they're like almost how Supergirl originally was, where it was like, this isn't going to be connected at all. Oh, I think yeah. it's
1: more like what they're currently doing with Doom Patrol and uh, Titans? Titans. Where it's kind of... Yeah, cool. They're, they're leaving it open. I mean, there's uh, infinite worlds. So, potentially, there's always a the potential for a crossover in the future. Uh, but they're pretty much very self-contained. But I think this is great. Obviously, if you don't know... the Green Lantern introduced in 1940. Uh, he begins as an ordinary earthling who is given a piece of extraterrestrial ter- extra technology known as a power ring from a dying alien. The power ring is fueled by willpower, allowing its user to conjure, conjure anything and everything their imagination can pull together, uh, and then is recruited into the Green Lantern Corps, a massive group of warriors who patrol the universe fighting bad guys and frequently teaming up to save the galaxy. It's pretty much space cops. And I think TV is probably the best medium for this. I mean, if they wanted, they could just do a procedural. I mean... Du, du,
0: du, 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 the Green Lantern movie is so bad, I fell asleep. I've never actually watched all of it. I consider it the worst superhero movie. Coming to um, what do you watch. I've legit never watched it all. I, I tried to watch it once and I fell asleep and I woke up near the end somewhere and then I was like, cool, giant fucking monster thing. Um, Great cast. The, the movie's the, the, the movie's terrible for lots of reasons. Is <laughs> it? Um, also, it's terrible. One of the reasons it's terrible is because they had too much money, so they decided to CGI the entire suit, um, including the mask. I mean, uh, for some reason. So at least they with did this TV show, it was cool. Yeah, well, at least with that TV show, they'll have to give him a costume, uh, yes, and and use that properly. All the all the things. I, I'm down for a good Green Lantern thing. Um, I like some Green Lantern. I think some uh, some Green Lantern comics I read are bad. of There's certain runs that I'm really into. Other runs I get really bored. So it just depends what they uh, what they do and what Green Lanterns they use. Like, is it just the Green Lanterns Do they bring in the Red Lanterns the Pink Lanterns? I'm pretty sure they'll do the, the whole sort of shit. Like, yeah. you're gonna do I'm the whole sh- thing.
1: The whole spectrum, I feel like, is pretty much canon now. So I wouldn't, I would be shocked if that wasn't included. So. Unless they want oh, yeah. to start off small and like sort of Bank it sort of earth based,
0: sh- is this sh- is this show like allowed to be violent because it's on HBO Max? Like, do we get an M rated so. Lantern? Doesn't no words kiddie?
1: yet. I mean, maybe they'll do the the lady in the fridge, because um, obviously they've got a whole bunch of different Greenland's they can pick. You got Hal Jordan, Carl yeah. Rayner. So
2: is it? So is it confirmed that it's Hal? Because I kind of wish. No, nah, it was all
1: it Hal. said is it's coming. I would
2: kind of wish it was about Kyle And just have Hell as this legendary Earth Green Lantern that's just off the grid at the moment And i just have Kyle Discovering everything um, Kyle or We go right Out of left wing And we do Guy Gardner
1: I feel like it's going to be a combination I feel like it's not going to be just one guy. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a group. So, Well, I
2: don't know. I feel like you have to build it around one of them. I don't know how I'd feel about there being... It might be like a supporting like not- cast.
0: I feel like if it was going to do multiple, why wouldn't, wouldn't you call it Green Lanterns instead of Green yeah. Lantern? I feel like it's I mean, going to they be They can add
2: core
1: whenever they want to add core.
2: I want them to spend more time with the Green Lantern core itself. Like That was my biggest frustration with um, the movie, was just kind of they went to... Um. Not it's Oa, not Oa. Yeah, Oa. It is Oa. Yeah. Okay. Oa. They went to Oa for like a total of maybe ten, like five ten minutes, and then left. And I was like, I wanted more Kilowog. I wanted more members of the actual Green Lantern in the in the in it. So hopefully, this can explore that a lot more.
1: Cool. Uh, then the other big series they announced uh, was. Strange Adventures, which is set to be an anthology series uh, based on the comics and featuring characters from DC, DC Canon. So, potentially, we could have characters like Animal Man, Captain Comic, Adam Strange, or the Enchantress showing up on Strange Adventures. Um, this has potential to be really cool, or it has the potential to be kind
0: of You just shitty? described any TV show. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... It could be cool to do like small looks at different characters and like getting small glimpses of different characters, but then you feel like you're gonna. It could just be eight origin stories for the first season, and then is that going to be really interesting? You're like introducing a different hero each time.
0: I don't mind these sorts of things when they're done in comics because it just suits the medium better. I'm not a big fan of when they do them for. Uh, TV shows like this because it just seems like a lot of money and time invested and then you're like I really enjoyed that I want more but then you watch the next episode and it's a different yeah, character you're not, like this yeah. one's shit like yeah <laughs> it's just
1: <laughs> it's like damn I have to wait another year for them maybe doing the people that I liked again
0: <clears throat> yeah exactly exactly
1: but yeah obviously none of these characters would potentially hold their own show you could argue or not to the scale that they're probably going to try and make this uh, so, I mean, it's good from that sense. And who knows, if there, there could be like a breakout character that they'd be able to spin off and do their own series on it later. So, I mean, maybe it's just like a testing ground for certain things. But, I mean, they've only got so many characters they could potentially pull from because they're not going to be doing the big name people. It's going to be smaller.
2: C-list, Are you telling me D-list Kite Man
0: couldn't hold his own series?
2: Kite Man could totally do it. I
0: mean, you know? Maybe
1: uh yeah so hbo (laughs) announced pretty much everything that's coming to them the streaming service uh it's a lot uh so i'm not going to touch on everything uh i will say things that interested me on this list uh they're doing dmz which is a comic series i really enjoy uh being directed uh well directed and executive produced by ava duvernay uh set in a new york after a american civil war uh, it seems like they're going to be diverting from the comic series which focused on like a photojournalist who sort of drops into the DMZ and it's going to be more on uh, I think it's going to be one of the side characters who is a female medic who sort of is living on the island trying to make keep everybody alive and keep everybody happy uh, but is also looking for a lost son. So that is potentially pretty interesting. Um, they're also doing uh, Americana which is apparently uh, based on a Chamada Nuziong. It's based on a book and is a romance that uh, also deals with identity and it's being uh, written by Dana Gurai from Black Panther uh, and is starring Lupita Nyong'o from Black Panther. And, Good job. Yep. So that's could be cool. Uh, apparently they're doing, oh, Dune the Sisterhood, which is going to be a spinoff of the Dune movies coming up, has uh, got Denis Villeneuve involved. Uh, that could be really cool if the Dune movie is really good. Uh, Genlock, I think season two is going to be like, well, on first on HBO Max. Uh, mm.
2: It's a week before.
1: Okay, that's not, it's not as only bad. A
2: week... No, I think it's only. A... I was reading it's only a week in advance of its of... on first of Roosty first. It's it's so it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, but I saw a couple of people getting a bit upset, but you know.
2: Yeah, I you know get over it. It's what it's what Roost Teeth needs. I was your know, I was really worried about I was really worried about Genlock season two happening, but all of the famous voice actors dropping off this project. Like that that was my major thing. Like I was worried that Michael B Jordan was going to drop off, that Dakota Fanning would drop off, that uh, Macy Williams would drop off and stuff, and they just replaced them with different voice actors. So I think this is good because it keeps people around, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, Hang on. They're doing a... Also watch
1: Sherlock. Yeah. They're doing a Gossip Girl sequel uh, that's after... Eight years after the original website went dark, a new generation of New York private school teens are introduced to the social surveillance of Gossip Girl. The prestige series will address how much social media and the landscape of New York itself has changed in the intervening years. So, you know...
2: (laughs) Something. I saw a meme today that was like, you know, what when you were born, when you think GG is either Gossip Girl or Gilmore Girls, and there's me thinking, good doesn't GG
0: mean good, good game? game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if someone says GG, my first thought is going to be GG two E's or something like.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're also making Greece ride El High. A joyous musical series set and in and around the world of Rider High, the show reimagines a global smash hit movie with some characters you already know and a whole lot more you'll soon meet. It's still the 1950s, a world that rocks with the big musical numbers from the period combined with new original songs as well. It's the peer pressures of high school, the horrors of puberty and the rollercoaster of life in middle America with a modern sensibility that will bring it to life for today's musical lovers.
2: Yes, we're gonna finally find out if Greece Two is canon. Yeah.
1: I mean, how do they not call it Greece the Greece the TV show Electric Boogaloo? It uh, seems like a missed opportunity.
2: Greece, all lubed up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, So, the producer of uh, Jessica Jones and Mr. Rosenberg is doing a TV series called Rules of Magic, which is a prequel to the 1998 movie Practical Magic, uh, which was itself based on a book uh, by Alice Hoffman, uh, which is set in the 1960s New York. The series follows three troubled siblings, Franny Jett and Vincent Owens, who wrestle with the Abnobleties. That have kept them isolated, but the tumultuous times unearthed the extraordinary discovery that they are, in fact, descendants of a witch line, bloodline of witches. The two sisters will become the revered and somewhat feared aunts in practical magic, while the brother will leave an unexpected legacy. So, all the people looking for a practical magic prequel. It's coming. Uh, and then the Just only- what I was
0: looking for. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, and then touch on this last one michael mann is executive producing a series and directing the pilot of a series starring ansel angort uh called tokyo vice based on jake Adelstein's non-fiction book tokyo vice uh it follows ansel elgort's Adelston, the only american journalist ever to have been admitted to the insular tokyo metropolitan police press club where for 12 years he covered the dark side of japan extortion murder human trafficking physical corruption and of course the accuser but when his final scoop exposed a scandal that reverberated all the way from the neon-soaked streets of tokyo to the polish halls of the fbi and resulted in a death threat for him and his family adelstein decided to step down and then he fought back in tokyo vice he delivers an unprecedented look at Japanese culture and a searing memoir about his rise from cub reporter to seasoned journalist with a price on his head.
0: I buy it. Does
2: he at the end of it does he become the vice king? As a clear sequel to Tokyo Drift where the main character becomes the drift king. <laughs> 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 I'll see you guys in another 12 months for an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So I want to quickly touch on the Actor Awards, the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television uh, Awards. Uh, Big winners or big, big most nominated show was uh, Lamb of Gods, which was a limited series on Foxtel, Foxtel. and then the leading film this nomination wise is jennifer kent's the nightingale uh which picked up 15 different nods uh the nominees for the best film this year um the nightingale hotel mumbai the king uh judy and punch ride like a girl and top End wedding Uh, but really it looks like it's going to be one of the nightingale which got 15 nominations hotel mumbai and The King, which received 13 nominations, and Judy and Punch, which received nine nominations. Uh, so, is the King I've, considered uh, Australian? It is considered Australian. It was sh- shot by an Australian. I'm assuming uh, the, the Just certain amount of Australian, Australian money. Australian. I'm assuming it's a certain Joel amount Laker of behind the that. scenes production, and it's got to be produced by Australians and that kind of thing. So, uh, oh, yeah. It says countries
0: yeah. of origin United Kingdom, Kingdom, Hungary, and Australia. So, Okay.
1: it qualifies that means Timothy Chalamet is up for best actor uh, in a feature that's cool I guess there's a lot of international people it seems a bit weird for Australian awards but um, you know uh, I want to point out it's a big year for Damon Harriman was up for or who's been recorded uh, first person to get four nominations uh, p- across performance uh, categories for his work in Judy and Punch and The Nightingale as well as uh, in TV dramas Mr. In Between and *Lamb of Gods on top of him playing uh, Charles Manson in both uh, Mindhunter and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, you know, huge year for him. Um, and then, interestingly, they've int- this year they've introduced the uh, best online entertainment category. Which will see Aussie Man Reviews go up against How To Basic, <laughs> Good <laughs> Georgia Productions, <laughs> CKN Toys, uh, Wenji. Bounce Patrol, and Primitive Technology for the actor. Which, cool. I, I'm i surprised some of these are Australian. I didn't realise that... Uh, well, I knew Aussie Man was Australian. I didn't know how to basic... I was going to say,
0: do you know Aussie
1: Man? <laughs> I didn't realise Primitive Technology is an Australian thing. So, that's pretty cool.
0: But you just remind me. I've got to give a shout out to the YouTube uh, s- series that went up like a month ago. Uh, Australia's Best Street Racer, which was uh, funded by uh, this Tasmanian film, uh, whatever it's called, (laughs) and was shot uh, in Launceston primarily. And it's about this teenage kid trying to be the best street racer and he pretty much goes around the Launceston blocky route. And I had a great time watching it just going, I know where that is, I know where that is, I know where that is. But yeah, it's uh, I think it's like 8... Like three to five minute episodes are all on YouTube. If you type in Australia's best street racer, um, and I suggest giving them a look. You just reminded me. Cool. That should be nominated and beat Aussie Man reviews.
2: <laughs> no, maybe
0: it you know it didn't. He's a national treasure. He is
1: a national treasure and a Brisbane Lion fan, so he's pretty great. Um, it, surprising news: the uh, well-funded series, The Legends of Vok Bochner, is uh, found a streaming home. It's going to be on Amazon Prime next year when it launches.
2: Just because you fucked it up so bad, it's the legend of Vox Machina. That's what I said. Uh, Vox Machina. Uh,
1: (laughs) uh, It was initially funded, obviously, for 10 episodes, but now apparently there's going to be 24 episodes across two seasons. Um, I think that's fantastic. I mean, at least we know where it's going to be shown. they have confirmed that they're going to still be able to be viewed by people who funded the project uh, instead of them having to get Amazon Prime, which I think was pretty much a given, uh, knowing the people involved. But, uh, Kieran, you're a Critical Role fan. It's, is this
2: a good news for you? I'm so excited because it means that we're going to have a way of being able to watch it in Australia. Legally. Like, that's my <laughs> biggest thing is that I was always worried that it was going to go on some service that was just not accessible here. And I was gonna cry, but that makes me really excited. It's kind of weird though because they raised thirteen million via Kickstarter for that um, for that series for the first ten episodes. So it's like, okay, where does this come in now with Amazon? Like, I don't know. It feels feels weird, but it's okay. It's good.
1: Well, I guess Amazon is paying kind of for a fourteen episode run, and then yeah. So I mean, that's cool. I mean, at least we know... That's cool. It's it's, more support. We know for sure we're getting 24 episodes. Um, Yeah, it's way more than we thought. Initially, they wanted just, like, a pilot or a couple of episodes, like, as proof of concept. They wanted,
2: like, two two or three episodes tops for it. Um, They smashed those goals. Getting 24 episodes is huge. Um, All of the cast, and, you know, they're very heavily you know embedded in the voice actors community so I'm sure this is going to be good opportunities for a lot of voice actors in their field um and I think Critical Role as a whole if you haven't kept an eye on Critical Role they have expanded not just from this one great D&D game to becoming a very very good studio for a variety of different content um they're currently releasing a series called Undeadwood um, which is a tabletop role-playing game. Um, oh, it's only a short form. I think it's like four or five parts that is featured in the world of Deadwood. Um, that is really fucking cool. So wait, you know, the actual People Deadwood? go check it. Like the TV series? Yeah, Deadwood? like actual Deadwood, like the TV series
0: Deadwood. Yeah,
1: bonkers. Uh, Dylan, how do you feel about this? It's-
0: it's great news. I was I was out with my friend Sam the other day. I had to hear all about. This and Undead wood and all this stuff. And by the way, it's four episodes, Kieran. Okay, like in case you don't know, I do all this stuff. <laughs> I said four or five. <laughs>
1: you it could change. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then we're going to end up on this last segment, I guess, new recurring segment uh, Batman update. Uh, there's been three new actors uh, rumored to be coming onto uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman. Uh, starring Robert Pattinson We have Andy Circus as Alfred Thoughts
2: I was really confused When they announced two actors together And Andy Circus was the one named as Alfred Not because the person, you know Announced alongside would have played Alfred But I was like To be fair, both no, completely...
0: no one's announced Just to clarify This is rumoured like... Okay
2: yeah.
0: Rumoured Rumored,
2: but okay. they've been pretty close, Rumored, except for Jonah Hill. But I was like, Oh, so these are both playing villains, and then Andy Serkis is playing Alfred. I'm like, Oh, huh, okay, sure, I'm in, I'm excited for that. Yeah, if it's true,
1: that feels like inspired casting. And obviously, he's got a long history with Matt Reeves, so I feel like he was gonna shoo him in somewhere. He might as well be the cool butler. Uh, and then we have Colin Farrell as the penguin, that's so weird.
2: <laughs> i like. mean
1: i mean i don't think it is when we see the newer iterations like obviously on gotham they had a different take in uh batman Ta- telltale's batman they had a very different take as well of the penguin i feel like fat uh you know what? mafia boss is not
2: telltale's batman. yeah
1: fat mafia ah. boss is not that interesting and unique anymore so uh, no,
2: I like that. Okay, if he's playing that Telltale's Batman character, or a style like that one, sure, sure, I'd be in for that.
1: Uh, and then we have rumored Matthew McConaughey as Two Face, or at least Harvey Dent. All Dance. right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let me just flip this coin. Ooh. Oh God!
2: Heads. <laughs>
1: that, terrible. Is he uh, like <laughs> shirtless for like no reason in the entire yeah. movie, or <laughs> that's what he's
0: tossing the coin for. This is the worst rumoured casting of the whole thing, in my opinion. Really? I think yeah, because good. two fa- like Penguin, the Colin Farrell thing, everyone's like trying to think of him as like a short fat like how he's in the comics. Yeah. Whereas I think obviously they'd just change that up and they would keep like just look at Gotham, for example, of like how you can kinda of keep the penguin the penguin, but like change up the penguin and make it like sem- like more realistic kind of thing, you know what I mean? So you make yeah. him like more of just a gangster dude who's got like some sort of Issues obviously, <laughs> obviously yeah. and whatever else. wears his fucking top hat? I don't know. Um, but with a two face, it's like that's the character that even when the uh, Dark Knight did it, it's like you, he, two face, like he is, like you have to do that semi realistically. And I don't, I don't want to see, I can't picture Matthew Mahoney like trying to do the Harvey Dent two facing without it being funny. <laughs> 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 that's why I, I can't, I okay. can't picture it. That's a fair yeah. criticism,
1: but yeah. I don't know. I think this cast looks stacked at this point. Like, the only worry is how do you fit them all in the one, one film? So, but, you know, you might we really trust.
0: I, I, well, my last thing would be that, I don't think Colin Farrell is a big enough actor that for most people, yeah, average cinema goer, that if he pops up for five a five minute scene, that people are going to be like, oh, that was such a waste. Like, would be like, oh, that was Colin Farrell. That's weird. He's only in it for five minutes. But to That's the cool. average people, it's, it's not Tom Cruise popping up for five minutes where it's going to be like weird to see such a big actor pop up for a short period of time. Like, he's a, bit, he's a big actor, but for mainstream audiences, he's not like noticeably that was weird that he was in it for such a small amount of time big. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I can yeah. get that. Alright, let's move into... What do we end up watching? Kieran, what did we end up watching?
2: We ended up watching the 1994 Pagemaster.
0: 20th Century Fox presents Macaulay Culkin as you've never seen him before.
2: Look at this place!
0: On a fantastic journey into a land of endless wonders where he'll scale the heights of the world's greatest adventures.
2: Lobey, dick! LCP, treasure island!
0: Happy birthday, and bring back the King ultimate prize. You've
2: got to fight
0: to make a wish come true.
2: That's it, boy!
0: His own
2: courage. Yes. It's only one page master. I, you know, I feel like it was very confusing why I picked this movie. Um, yeah. So the page master, directed
1: by Joe Johnson and Pixot Hunts. Starring Macaulay Culkin and Christopher Lloyd, with voices provided by Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Stewart, Frank Welker, uh, animated by Turner Feature Animation uh, that tells the story of a cowardly boy who buries himself in accident, accident statistics, enters the library to escape a storm, only to be transformed into an animated illustration for the Pagemaster. He has to work through the obstacles with, from cross-books to return to real life. Uh, had a budget of $30 million, $34 million, made $13.7 million. Uh has a rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 21% and a 6.1 on IMDb. So, And it was one of only two films made by Turner Feature Animation before they pretty much sold themselves to Warner Brothers.
2: So, Kieran, <laughs> why did you pick this movie? It was one of my favourite movies growing up. And when I saw it on Netflix the other day, I couldn't remember why it was one of my favourite movies growing up, <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, let's watch it and see if it was good or really bad. Um, and it was okay, it was, yep, Macaulay Culkin was Macaulay Culkin, uh, <laughs> I remember being really scared at points when I was a kid, like there was some like some stuff that really messed with me, um, but it wasn't terrible. I think I ruined it for myself because I don't want to watch it ever again.
1: <laughs> uh, Dylan, did you watch Page Master as a kid?
0: I never seen of or heard of this movie <laughs> until <laughs> Karen brought it up. And I kept typing in the wrong thing to Netflix. And I had to like l- relook up, um, re look in our Slack and be like, what the fuck was I looking for again? And I typed in. What were it you in, searching? <laughs> Like I think I was putting space there, like being grammar correct or something. I don't space know, but like, um, no, Page Master with a space, but it's like Page uh, Master is one word. For I would reason. have
1: thought if you looked up Page, you would have <laughs> found it straight away.
0: Apparently not. Um, no, I'd never even heard this movie. I was like Maca- a Macquarie Colgan movie. I'd never even heard of, and it came out in like 1994, was it right? Yeah. So you would mm-hmm. have thought it. I mean, it was something that I would have like could have watched when I was a kid for sure. Yeah. But for some reason, I'd never heard of and seen it before. Uh, I'd say that was okay. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to judge it. Obviously, like it's very dated, um, and I was trying to like kind of view it as like a would I have enjoyed this when I was younger type thing. And I'm honestly not sure because I think the problem with the movie is that the animation style just isn't very exciting. And that's kind of like where I'm like, if I was a kid, would I find this movie fun? And I'm, pro- I'm going to go with no. Because I just don't think the animation style is as fun as other animated things I was watching when I was a kid. Um, other competing things. Like, uh, the age I was when this came... Like, when I would have been old enough to watch this and understand this, I had other movies like fucking... Like, not even like Pixar shit, but just straight up. Like, I had like Small Soldiers. Which was one of my favorite, like, sem- like, I, 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 but that's different. Though. It was Small making Soldiers me think of it. Like... It was at, it was like a, a weird combination, and this movie combines both, sort of, like mm. not at the same time, but well, it does at one stage. But, but
2: Small Sol- Soldiers was never straight up animation.
0: I guess, but then I'm like, compared. Well, this is has live action in it as well. It's like the movie starts live action. He goes into. Do we mention this? The movie starts live action. <laughs> yeah. He goes into this library. Then he gets brought into the animated section, and then the movie ends obviously with the illustration section. Again. Yeah, illustration. That, that's why the page uh, master
1: is very clear. He's not a cartoon; it's an illustration.
0: He's in a book,
2: yeah. which makes me which makes me okay with the art style because I'm like, that looks like an illustration from a book back then, you know, like an older book.
0: Yeah, I just don't think. I think the reason the movie would have failed is because I just don't think it's very like compared to what else was out at the time, like your Pixar shit and else. I just don't think it would have been exciting for well, a kid. Well, 1994, like, there was no have... Pixar no no well all right so i was taking i was thinking like oh, you're thinking when you were... I was like, i'm thinking when i would have been old enough to watch this not release date is what i was tr- trying to compare yes to. okay if that yeah because i wasn't like oh 1994 i'm not watching this i'm fucking two you know yeah
1: uh yeah i remember watching this as a kid um i remember liking it at the time it's not great going back. It's one of those things that uh, should have been left to the memory. Uh, as much as you, we want to defend the animation, is not good. It's not a good looking style of animation, I don't think. I mean, that's pretty. It, it's dated, I think. Um, obviously, Turner, Turner Broadcasting, no, Turner Feature Animation, spun out of Hanna Barbera, uh, and you can sort of see that art style leaning into it. It's got that kind of like hard lines and that kind of thing of the characters, and just Macaulay Culkin's face looks weird in <laughs> you <know>, the film. <laughs> there's this animated person. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's some fun bits. Obviously, the the books are all cool and fun. They use old, like, uh, old classic books so like, they the... Not under licensing anymore, so they can get away with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the things that I was, the thing that I was going to say is really cool about the movie. I thought was just how they combine all the book the book aspects. So it's like uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde's like one of the villains at the, the, the horror section, and then like you can spot the books. Like lots of books have the names written on them. Like I spotted like The Shining and. Some other things, like, written on books. So, they had, like, all these things that, obviously, kids wouldn't spot. Uh, at one stage, he picks up the Hounds of Baskerville, and a, a hound from Baskerville literally launches out of it. So, um there's lots of references to stuff that kids wouldn't get, but at least when I was watching it now, I was like, oh, that's cool how they yeah. built this book world thing. Uh, also, a movie like this wouldn't get made today because kids don't read anymore. So... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it
1: there was no kids reading then either, so and they didn't have any other options that library was empty that's a freaking big ass library began big
0: and there's nobody library. in there it's true. <laughs> just christopher lloyd fucking being a creepy librarian
2: also can i say the layout of that library really frustrated me because they were like you go this way. he was like give him directions he was like yeah this way you go to the fiction section as he was walking down the first aisle of like bookcases one of them had a sign for fiction. So I'm like, does this library have like multiple locations for fiction or something? Or... Yeah, multiple what aisles.
0: Multiple aisles of fiction.
1: Yeah, you need a lot of them. Also, uh, spoilers, I guess, whatever. Uh, he escapes <laughs> and he takes the three books. I enjoy that they're called Horror, Adventure, and Fantasy. That's the title of the books. So somebody's written a book and has gotten really lazy and calls it Horror. That's the title of
2: the book. Horror, fantasy. Yo, know I still teared up at the end. I was like, this is so beautiful. And he's in the treehouse and they're talking over him. And it's like. Also, I will say, watching the opening credits of this fucking movie, not watching this since I was a kid, there were some actors' names popped up that I was like, holy fuck, what? You were in this movie? Like, I think Leonard Nimoy does, like, the voice of Dr. Jekyll, I think. Yeah, he maybe? does Jekyll, Jekyll, Dr. Um, Hyde. Who's and I height. had, like, no idea Patrick Stewart was in this movie. As, he's, yeah, he's I knew Goldberg, so she's, she's yeah, which, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, but she's... She's recognizable. Yeah, Whoopi was really recognizable. The pirate, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that was Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. It, but Just, he didn't sound like himself, but... Um, no, I had an okay time. <laughs> i ruined a <the> childhood memory. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would not show this to my little brother.
2: Because <laughs> he wouldn't sit through it.
0: No, I, I, I think kids would get bored watching this these days. That's... I just don't think I would excite or interest them at all. So, yeah.
1: What a down note to end this episode on. Uh, but yep. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> uh, Kieran, where can people find you for the next 12 months on the internet?
2: Um, on the next 12 months, you can find me on Twitter, at your boy Ringo. Tell me how you enjoyed The Pagemaster and what childhood movie you've watched and you've ruined for yourself <laughs> as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan, where can people find you on Twitter and on Tract?
0: You can find me on all those things at V Dill V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L uh,
1: And you can find me there at Ashley Hobley A-S-H-L-E-Y H-O-B-L-E-Y You can follow the Explosion Network which this is a part of at ExplosionPod on Twitter You can go to YouTube.com slash Explosion Network Check it out Review discussions various different things You can find the last episode that Dylan uh, Kieran was on episode 21 of What do you want to watch? (laughs) Just keep adding to that number. Or go to ExplosionNetwork.com. You can read all Dylan's reviews of all the Apple TV Plus content. And you can find this podcast and all the other awesome podcasts we do. Including uh, Alderaan Explosion, which we mentioned before. Which will get you your Star Wars fix. And I I think we're going to announce here again. uh, We're going to be doing another after show coming up. The (laughs) Mandalorian's.
2: Great title. Wait, this is the second podcast I've had to sit through this shit? Are you kidding? Oh. Uh, if you th-
1: if you want to let us know how great a title that is, send us an email at mail at explosionnetwork.com uh, or just leave us a review if you want to help us out either on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser or just tweet stuff out. Uh, we want to see all your bad childhood movies that you shouldn't have revisited or just tell your friends about Pagemaster and how we discussed it here and it ruined kieran's childhood retroactively that's how this works right
2: Yep, i did it all that's
1: right <laughs> thank you very much for listening and until next time keep watching stuff i guess
0: every saturday listen to a brand new episode of arcade couch the explosion network's variety of video game podcasts sit back relax on the best couch to chill with your friends and hear about the latest industry news as well as our opinions on the latest releases and what we've been playing Just search your podcasting app for Arcade Couch and subscribe for free now. Like now.
1: Do it. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess.
2: Except if it's like your old childhood movies, don't watch it.
1: Well, unless it's bad. (laughs) I would happily rewatch. I'd happily rewatch The Mountie Ducks. That's still a good movie.
2: The Mountie Ducks? Mighty Ducks. from the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> That's what he said. Is to that like the Canadian version?
0: The Mountie yeah. Ducks. The Mountie Ducks.